John Candy goes full uncle. Regis Philbin wants to know if that's your final answer for the first time. And Quentin Tarantino wants 100 Nazi scalps this week on 30-20-10. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to 30-20-10, the Laser Time Network's weekly pop culture time machine taking you back in time 30 20 and 10 years into the past of music movies tv video games and more hi i'm one of your hosts chris antista who else is with me bear jew diana goodman i uh, wish i were a bear jew though is noodle arm jew also threatening <laughs> noodle arms uh, uh it's me sarah your lifeline forever Ooh. okay Aww. okay always wanted to be someone's lifeline i hope you can get some of those teases they spanned the decades as this show does where each week we look back 30 20 and 10 years ago where you're where we're recording right now that means 1989 1999 and 2009 covering the week of august 16th to the 22nd so every little thing that happened in between there that we find worth mentioning some stuff isn't worth mentioning uh but we have a little bit of news uh to bring you in holy shit uh, I forgot all about this, even though we just talked about it recently. Mm-hmm. James Cameron and Catherine Bigelow marry. Aww. Aww. And they lived happily yeah. ever 1989. After. Yeah, he, uh, Cameron, Cameron's a serial monogamist. He seems to cheat on the last one with the next one. Mm. So he was getting divorced from producer Gail Ann Hurd while making The Abyss that we just talked about. And then he runs off and marries Catherine Bigelow. And they stay together till 91 when he runs off with Linda Hamilton. They claim it's different. I don't know why I read that recently. Uh, they said they were both in divorce. The divorce proceedings when they met. I'm like, no, you yeah. didn't. You met in the first movie. Yeah. <laughs> <It was laughs> doubtful. Yeah, doubtful. And, and this, I, we were, I, I'm trying to remember where I was talking about this, this next news item. We were just, I think we were, I think it was me and Sam just like, man, remember what a scandal, what, what a scandal looked like back then? Mm-hmm. Eric and Lyle Menendez killed their parents. Yep. Uh, yep. That we was, can say that because they've been convicted. Okay. Okay. Good. You wrote it. I but don't... this is the uh, Jose and Kitty Menendez are found dead in their Beverly Hills home. They have been shot with shotguns multiple times, and their sons really coped with this horrible murder of who could have done this by going out and spending like seven hundred grand of their money. Wow. Yeah. But just they're trash. What a <laughs> what a strange world. We we just barely got over the president inciting. Uh, <laughs> Racist shooters. Yes. And we're already on to the next thing. Yes. Uh, but for months, people were just oh, enraptured with this, this this stupid Eric and Lyle Menendez thing. Oh, for years. For yeah. years. Had, their trial, first trial went to a mistrial, so it's not until like 92 they get convicted. Well, I mean, part of it is that they were very 80s handsome. <laughs> and I think that really makes a big difference for people to be into a news they, story They like both this. had perfect strangers hair. Yeah. And <laughs> nice sweaters. Had, yeah. yeah, sort of weasel faces that look like any minute. Now they're going to say, don't you know who my dad is? Yeah, they look like Army Hammer in The Social Network, basically. It was very easy for Rob Schneider to play one of them on SNL. It was <laughs> I very can imagine. <laughs> which is kind of the only reason I knew about it. Yeah. Which I, I don't know just that was some i think something we were talking about politics where like i i'm i'm not paying attention to the news but i'm watching snl and the news was so dull and uninteresting this is what they covered mostly mm-hmm. reina mm-hmm. bobbitt and eric and lyle menendez mm. yep. and didn't they claim that there was like abuse there and that's why right. yes okay. yeah they claim that they were they had been uh physically emotionally and sexually abused by their parents for years especially their dad 
and that this was their way to get away from it, except that they were freaking adults right. and they could just leave. And they dressed similarly and it was adorable. And oh creepy. yeah. That was, that was like the, the big takeaway from that trial is that their, their lawyers constantly putting them in these like Easter sweaters. They're like always wearing <laughs> these lovely little pastel numbers. So they look so sweet and innocent. Yeah. They're good boys just dressed up for the day. <laughs> it's like, Dude, you guys took a shotgun and blew your parents away. You had to take multiple shots at mom. Uh, and then you just ran around spending money and buying like a chicken wing franchise. You're a idiots. A chicken wing franchise. <laughs> they did. Yeah. What? One of them bought a chicken wing franchise along with like cars and watches and other uh, rich idiot stuff. Wow. Wow. Yeah. I find it. I find the chicken wing franchise the most sorted a- sorted aspect <laughs> of all of this. <laughs> Wow, indeed. Hilarious. Uh, Chicken wings so good that make you kill your parents. Oh, man. man. Most of them just make you want to slap your mama. (laughs) (laughs) It's a a Cajun spice. Uh, uh, Okay, the movies. This weirds me out because as a little aspiring pop culture savant, I discovered a movie just by like waking up at uh, a a relatively new friend's house. and like, what the fuck is Eddie and the Cruisers? Mm. You've never seen this Mm -hmm. movie? I'm like, no, I've never even heard of it. Like, what a neat concept for a movie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, a missing band member, like, uh, presumed dead. Uh, is that the plot of the first film? Yeah. And and then and then I find out, like, that was pretty cool. It was like, there's a sequel. I'm like, that's a terrible idea. How do you do this again? <laughs> <laughs> How do you do this again? Uh, but uh, Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Eddie Lives, starring Michael Perr, uh, Marina Orsini, uh, Bernie Colson, Matthew Matthew Lawrence, not not the brother of woe guy? No. No? Twenty years ago, Eddie Wilson of Eddie and the Cruisers was one of the original rebels of rock and roll. We have had reports that he's been seen in 12 states in Paris, France. Then he mysteriously disappeared. You've got one chance left to prove the music is there for you, and that chance is tonight. Now he's come back, only to be faced with the greatest challenge of his life. Eddie and the Cruisers 2, Eddie Lives. With the music that counts. Rated PG-13. That's so insane. Just Is it, what is it? Is it... No, I don't is know. Is it I don't know. But like the first movie all frames on this mystery. Like, where is Eddie? Uh-huh. So the next movie's like, Eddie's back. And but he's yeah. faced with the biggest challenge of his life. I don't I know what like it is. I feel like it's got to be a I health didn't thing. It. I didn't no, see I it. No, I think it's just coming back. This is oh. notoriously bad. But it has like a minor cult, you know, people who love bad movies. Just, yeah, the first one is like, it's fine. This is kind of a smaller little indie type movie. And it seems like it's okay. And... It's like why? It's like six years later. Like no one, no one asked for this. What are you doing? <laughs> the first one was successful. What do you want us to do? We're a tiny studio. Uh, and and speaking of cult films, holy shit! This next film is uh, Sam and I've seen this like fifty times. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, just a wonderful little tale of degenerate gamblers. A single day mm-hmm. film. Robbie Coltrane, Terry Gar, Richard Dreyfuss, and Let It Ride. Jay Trotter was just an average guy until today. Like one win ticket on the number four. Now he can't describe it. Wonderful people. He can't control it. I'm having a fabulous day. He's just going to enjoy it. May I buy you a drink? I don't see why not. I'm on the pill. Richard Dreyfus. God likes me. Let it ride. Ready PG-13. So ridiculous. Oh, my God. You had that midnight run music yeah, back. You had me at the Danny Elf midnight run music. I love it. Uh, Every ad for years. 
It's difficult to even remember what it's even about because, like, I don't know, it's not the kind of movie you see made anymore. But uh, it's pretty clear what it's about. Richard Dreyfus is yeah. a degenerate gambler who just loses all the time, and just one day, everything he picks wins. Wow! Yes. And so, That's like, it. since he's a loser, who spends all day at the track. It's this wonderful cast of characters of just other degenerate losers in, in just a, a, a completely foreign environment for me because we don't have I didn't grow up within 400 miles of a horse racing track. So I don't even know what the fuck that's like really? or if it's still I around. Think it might have been filmed in lovely Florida. Oh, really? Don't I do yep. not doubt it. We that's had dog surprising. racing yeah. because that's meaner. Up until like <laughs> not that long. Actually, I think it's they're They still have time still to dismantle. It. Yeah. Yeah. The dog. Oh, tracks. It's so disgusting. But yeah, that looks soup. That looks kind of fun. Actually. I mean, Richard Dreyfus is a yeah. really fun, funny lead, especially when he's, Amped up to like yeah, ten, like when it's, he's like really letting it out and chewing all the scenery. Yeah, it's just it's it just seems it strikes me as very strange, like a, a movie, like I don't know, kind of like that Seinfeld principle, just a bunch of unlikable people mm-hmm. all together in this movie. Let it ride. Um, well, speaking of unlikable people in, in <laughs> movies, uh, Dale Dye, Ving Rhames, Thethuli, I'm not, probably not Tweet saying that. Tweetule, of course, Poorly. I didn't get that right. Uh, John Leguizamo uh, and John C. Riley, I think, making their motion picture debut. Yes. Uh, Sean Penn and Michael J. Fox in Casualties of War. Michael J. Fox, Sean Penn. Hey, Sarge, you got to give me a minute here on this thing we're doing. Between innocence, loyalty. Everybody else is up for this. And obedience. Be advised, you best just relax and try to forget about this thing. Lies conscience. We're supposed to be here to help these people. Casualties of war. Rated R. Mm, Casualties of war. I've not seen this in a long time. Brian De Palma, right? Brian De Palma. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, This is uh, this is a hard movie to watch. It's. I I kind of think like this is the the ugly kid brother of Platoon. Like Mm -hmm. Platoon is gritty and mean and scary because Vietnam is gritty and mean and scary. And this isn't is like oh you thought that was gritty and mean and scary. Well, how do you feel about gang rape? Like oh thanks, that's That's what I needed in my life. (laughs) Fuck. This is this is the one with like it's like Johnny drama years before fucking Entourage. Mm. He's in this movie playing like that exact same type of character. Uh, yeah. And, and and yeah, I remember watching this a lot on uh, Encore, and it's I can't imagine why I would want to watch this more than once a day, but it's technically I think not rated R, so they'd show it like a kids movie. What? Uh, it's, no, it's a, it's a definite okay, R. There's okay. violence and like I said, uh, gang rape because yeah. it's about uh, a platoon in Vietnam who basically abducts this girl uh, mm-hmm. and start torturing and raping her and. Michael J. Fox is like the guy with the conscience, but it's also about like groupthink and mm-hmm. going along to get along. And Sean Penn is his commanding officer who's insane. Um, and he's, but like a kind of insane that's recognizable. It's like, yeah. oh, that guy's on the street. He would get along fine, but you put him in war and he likes it a little too much. Mm-hmm. Yep. And really strong performances all around. And tying this thing all together, uh, Tarantino says it's his favorite Vietnam movie. What? Weird. Okay. Weird. It's heavy. It's, well, I yeah. mean, it, it, no, because it is heavy and it yeah. is very unpleasant. Uh, and also, like, seems plausible, realistic, I guess is vaguely based on a true event. Mm-hmm. I'm sure yeah. it is. It's, it's right. If you're, if you're going through Vietnam movies, it's definitely worth a stop. Right. I, I, this one sticks out in my memory a lot more than many other Vietnam movies. I think, I think it may just be because, like, everyone seemed a lot younger. 
Mm. And when I saw it, yeah. and especially like that's a good point. Michael J. Fox, I like. I think I was remarking that like when I was young, he was in a movie every other week, and where we are now in 2019, none of those exist. It's just Back to the Future, and that's all that matters. But he's in. He did yeah. very few dramatic roles, mm-hmm. and it, I don't. It makes you wonder why he didn't do more. But I guess because he was just. I don't know. He's really funny. Yeah. Uh, he's he's. I don't know. He's really funny and worth casting in comedies. But like, yeah, I I don't. I can't name another drama I've ever seen Michael J. Fox in. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they exist. I know they exist. I guess Light of Day is kind of. <laughs> if you no. say so. Bright lights, big city. Well. Sort of. Listen to her go. Lighter dramas. They're definitely lighter dramas than this. Yeah. This is some. I mean, a heavy ass war movie. I'm going to tell in all of you. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like you spend so much time thinking, well, how long until someone kills him? Mm -hmm. Right. It's, you know, a lot like Platoon, it gets down to, okay, well, one of these fuckers is going to kill the other one. And I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah. And it's, it's super. I just didn't John Riley, like, I didn't want to do it. It just. Thought I had to, man. I'm yeah. Fucking falling apart here. Uh, <laughs> oh, I might pass on like, this one. Even though he's like baby face, he's still like, you're like 45, John. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you just always just look like that. Yeah, I'm not going to improv with this premise. But uh, <laughs> there's, because there's, I don't need to be funny because there are funnier things happening in the movie theaters. Even though I'd rather see Let It Ride in this movie. But it's pretty good. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Uh, is it the screen debut of Macaulay Culkin? Maybe not. Uh, but I don't think so. I think we had Rocket Gibraltar before, but it's definitely yeah. it's, it's okay, his first yeah. teaming with Mr. John Hughes. Yes, with John Hughes, along with uh, Gene, Louisa Kelly, Amy Madigan, and of course, John Candy as the titular Uncle Buck. Happy birthday! Meet Uncle Buck. Woo! He's every kid's delight. He's cooking on garbage. And every parent. Uh, Nightmare. uh, You think she hates me? With the passion. They invited him over. I'm a big drooler. Now, he won't go away. John Candy is Uncle Buck. You have much more hair than you know, so my dad. I'm nice of you to notice. I'm a kid, that's my job. From John Hughes. That's that's pretty much the best scene from the movie. Their fucking dragnet discourse. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's weird having Tone Loke be the the background music for that. That's what you get with your PG happy rap. Like It's going to make it into a lot of trailers and commercials. And and yeah, I, I believe the story was that John Hughes was just like, so impressed with this little blonde-headed kid, he wanted to write a whole movie about him. Okay. Uh, where his parents leave him home without them. I think that was the original screenplay title. Well, <laughs> at first, they left him home with Uncle Buck, and then they were yes. like, ah, oh, you did okay. We'll They're just right. leave you home by yourself next time. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I don't remember much of this. It's just, I, I, I never loved this movie as much as I wanted to. I, mm-hmm. I really liked it. I watched it a couple years ago for the first time um, because at John Candy, of mm-hmm. course. Yeah, I think that's the only excuse you need, really. Yeah, because like, John Candy. I don't John Candy movies, and I really enjoyed it. I on like it was a, really cute. a weekend afternoon, are like plain chips. They're mm-hmm. like, I'm not excited. I can I can eat a whole bag of these, and I I, I will watch almost any John Candy movie, but they're always horrible. <laughs> almost all the ones except this is the, one of the less bad. The ones. John Hughes ones are always less horrible. Yeah. Uh, but he he's great. Uh, there's there's lots to love about John Candy, but I don't know. He's one of the actors. And we'll get to another one later on. Who just seeing him on screen though does make me sad, um, mm. because I, you know, he, he went too soon. He went too soon, and by all accounts, I am almost his was, age. I am almost John Candy's age when he died. Yeah, that he he went pretty early. Yeah, and by all or accounts, I live too he was late. A very nice, nice guy. sweet guy. Like never mm-hmm. really 
had any problems to that we know about. Yeah. Yeah. I like I like movies that where he stars as a somewhat normal guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This and only the lonely kind of jump out at me is like it is so weird that this is their lead in the movie. <laughs> and even though the idea is like this family is normal and then crazy Uncle Buck shows up, but like he's not that he's insane. He's not that nuts. Yeah. He's just sort of goofy. Yeah. And he's trying to he's trying to make the kids have fun mm-hmm. and uh, prone to punching people. Well, I feel like parents in the 80s were just a lot more uptight. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I guess so. You know, it is weird that this is taking the number one spot off of Parenthood. Right. And, I mean, mm. I would definitely watch this before I'd watch Parenthood again. Yeah. Man, but it's where the, it's these domestic family comedies are topping mm-hmm. up at the box office. Yeah, we were tough on Parenthood in hindsight. We do but... not have that anymore. Yeah, right. now I know we've got a bunch of comments saying, like, why are you so mean to Parenthood? And it's like, <laughs> just because. It's unremarkable. Why not? Yeah. It's fine. Why not? Everybody I mean, in it deserves better. So last year, I think a movie came out called, I think, Chosen Family or something mm-hmm. like that mm-hmm. with Maki Mack and mm-hmm. Rose yeah. Byrne. That was, that's a domestic family comedy. And. Hmm. Kind of a weepy though. Oh, in, the, as well. in, in actual theaters. Uh, yeah. What was it called again? I think it's called Chosen Family. They adopt some foster so. kids. You're thinking of Daddy's Home. Oh, that good. was that was fantastic. Oh. <laughs> uh, yes. And uh, like Parenthood, Uncle Buck, I think got a got a TV show, short lived, but oh, um, yep, got a TV show. Uh, kind of I did with Kevin Meany. Uh, right. Quickly. So I believe left us too soon. <laughs> yes, he did. I love Kevin Meany. <laughs> His death's not right. <laughs> Uh, anyway, moving on to television of 1989, uh, we have only one big premiere in television this week, but it is a big one. It's huge. It's one people still talk about. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, today marks the 30th anniversary, what, as of, uh, August 20th, the 30th anniversary of Saved by the Bell. I find this theme song very pleasant. Mm-hmm. I have no affection for the show whatsoever, mm-hmm. and in doing a little research on it, I was able to reaffirm why. Uh, but it is it is it is a little tiny miracle mm-hmm. in that I can't think of another show that someone was so reluctant to let go of. But a, yeah, we we had Good Morning Bliss mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. a couple months ago. I mean that that dated back as far as like '86, and nobody wanted it, mm-hmm. and then it went over to Disney Channel. And Disney Channel had like no original programming in the in the late eighties. So Good Morning Miss Miss Bliss, starring Haley Mills, a former Disney uh well, I don't want to say princess, Pollyanna Princess. Star. Star. Disney star. Yeah. Disney She's like for my mom's star. generation. She was yeah. like the Miley Cyrus for my mom's generation. Right. And uh <laughs> and, and but she surrounded I according to the showrunners, they're like they kind of got the feeling that like Haley's not gonna stick around or mm. be like really hard to work with. And they started Kind of promoting cast members throughout that show, including Mark Paul Gosler and Dustin Dye and Mr. Belding. But like, uh, I think almost every, did they say by the end, almost everybody's there other than Lisa Tuttle? The entire cast of Saved by the Bell is in this Haley Mills show that Haley Mills doesn't Mm -hmm. really want to be a part of and the networks don't want. And they retool it after, I think, a season and a half and it becomes Saved by the Bell. And I went and watched the bit of the first episode to see if there was any, um, any inkling that this was a former show that you should recognize. And there isn't. That's so weird. Well, they do, they did it for syndication. Like Zach would come on and talk to camera. Right. Cause that shit wasn't happening. And they, it's like a complete, it is a completely different show. Mm-hmm. Like why not just make it something different? And like Haley Mills has to get paid somehow every time saved by the bell airs probably. But, uh, but uh, when they syndic, saved by the bell ran for 86 episodes 
And wow. the magic number for syndication is 100. Right. So in order to make the 100, they retooled the Good Morning Miss Bliss episodes like Zach would do an intro. Like, this oh. was back when we were all in Indiana, for, oh. like in a different city. <laughs> Weird. We were at the same age yeah. somehow. Yeah. And we were the same people, but yes. we all lived in Indiana together. On a different set. And uh, they, they took out the intros and they made it seem like Save by the Bell episodes. too. So mm-hmm. you've seen the Good Morning Miss Bliss episodes probably mm-hmm. if you're a Save by the Bell fan. But if you're saved by the Vell fan, I also don't like you. No, that's not uh, true. Okay, no. I have some questions. First of all, was the expression saved by the bell an expression before this television program? Yes. Dude, I don't... Hundreds oh. of years earlier, yes. Okay. Oh. Saved by the bell in boxing. There's, oh, I think it's kind of right. an urban legend about like the people were worried about burying people that were in right. comas but still mm-hmm. alive. Gotcha. So they had to touch a bell so you could ring the bell and be like, get me out of here. Okay, yep, yep, yeah. yep. Okay. Okay. But, but but you're right. This took that little phrase, and I don't think about anything other than this show right. when I think about it. Because if, if you're my age, it was like it was on Saturday mornings. That was my and, next question. When then, did it originally air? Because I only well, know that's, it from if, syndication. If you note the date, it, it aired on Sunday okay. opposite Family Ties, and it beat Family Ties. Oh, so everybody okay. was like, what oh. the fuck is this? What is this little tiny hit we got over here? And... The reason why I dislike it is because it what it was. I don't know that it was meant for Saturday mornings, but it got busted down there just because they thought the that that needed a boost, and they were right. People love Saved by the Bell, but it also helped kill cartoons, mm. especially on NBC because they were the first people to like all but abandon animation mm-hmm. for shitty Disney Channel sitcoms like Saved by the Bell mm-hmm. that I do not like, and I don't have any nostalgia for because like it, it was all over the place. It was on every Saturday morning, and yep. then it. Once I became like a preteen teenager, it was on every afternoon, like mm-hmm. twice on numerous channels. At least twice, mm-hmm. yeah. Like, yep. And that's how most of my friends came to know it. I don't think I've ever seen an entire episode of Saved by the Bell. Mm. Uh, it's mm, just one no. of those things that es- you know? escaped it for me. <laughs> but I just don't like that the vibe of it. I don't know. There's something about it. I cannot put my finger on that. I am just, I am really I think it's because not they're incredibly cruel to Screech and they pretend to be his friend. <laughs> I don't yeah. think that's it. I think that it's no, just... No, that bothers me. Like, this is, I mean, I, I was the perfect age for this and like all my friends watched it and I just watched it and I was like, eh, no, I, I don't. It's just because it's like too kitty and broad and I like, I like wacky, but it was just sort of like, this is just... Not very good. I was also a weird person who was like watching old movies on videotape, and mm-hmm. I would just rather watch uh, Rebel Without a Cost because <laughs> <Watch this, laughs> I'm fucking weird. Okay, I'm weird. Yeah, I think I think it's odd uh, that the most high profile but, cast member now is Mario Lopez, right? Who, who's, who's pretty good in the show, like um, as the likable jock who always has a punchline, and he's kind of a ding dong. Yeah, yeah. But but like I just Mark Paul Gosler is like okay, this kid's good. Right. Like you can see that, right? And in every time I see him on a show, like, oh, cool. Um, I mean, I feel like the last time I've seen him on something MPG. was Weeds. Weeds. Uh, he was on John from Cincinnati, and then one of those USA shows that right. exists in a void that none of us know about. Suits. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Am I, quite, am I, I always <laughs> just assume it's Suits. I don't know. Uh, yeah. But he also seems like a really nice guy. Yeah. Uh, unlike Dustin Time. <laughs> yes, truly. But, yeah, I know. I feel bad that like. Not one of us is going to go to Bathurst because I know it was enormously popular and people have a ton of nostalgia for it because it's just so squeaky clean and cute and fun and uh, 
memeable. I, I probably know. I know it best from its very special episodes. Well, right. we did a people whole making fun of those on TV or on uh, like YouTube because oh, there's really a whole show called Zach Morris's Trash, like mm-hmm. exposing <laughs> old sitcom tropes and. Uh, but I, I, on an old episode of Laser Time, we had special guest on April Richardson, uh, funny comedian, but also host of Go Bayside, yeah. the Every Episode Saved by the Bell podcast, because she's a big fan. And, and we were trying to break down why she was a big fan and why I wasn't. And the only thing that I can really stick to is that, like, um, I was, I didn't grow up as fast as everybody else, or so it felt. So I was horrified by the idea of going into high school. It it scared me mm-hmm. every day, and every yeah. show seemed to validate that, like what we're gonna have problems with one another and we're gonna have to like kiss and stuff yeah well yeah we're gonna have to get in relationships it wasn't so much that it, but it, it was like the breakup and the heartbreak and the uh i, I don't know the caste systems that began to form the mm-hmm. popular this wasn't a thing for me in 1989 everything was just everybody was just friends and everyone's talking about cartoons and video games and i was I, I, every day i was nervous about heading into high school so Aww. i hated these shows and, and april said she was the opposite she yeah. wanted to grow up get out of this kid stuff right. as fast as she yep. could. Whereas I was like, please let me anchor myself here and Ooh. never leave. Yeah. And- <laughs> I think I was somewhere in between those where I like was definitely anxious about mm-hmm. that, like growing up mm-hmm. and going to high school. And I, but I did not like being a child either. I just wanted to get to 40 and I'm still working <laughs> on it. Y'all I'm still ready to be at 40. I just want to be pretty great. Yeah. That's what I hear. I'm pretty excited. I like being past 40. I mean, I've got a, couple years to go but. i'm starting to refer to in, anyone that's under 21 i call them son now nice <laughs> do that regardless of gender i think that that makes you know yep. you just gotta listen here son listen son listen here son i love that yep uh but yeah saved by the bell it's influence can't be denied um it, look, it, we know you're gonna go to bat for it yeah because it you is know, universally you know. beloved and yeah no, you've been talking to april me. about it gave me a better understanding of like why you could have two differing opinions on the yeah. thing. Cause like every sitcom at this year was shitty and stupid. Sure. You could still like it and have yeah. nostalgia for it. That's totally fine. But I, but like realizing that Save by the Bell actually scared me. <laughs> and that then, is a huge uh, Like when it was, when it was airing. Uh, yeah. And then, and, yeah. And, and, and even now, like I didn't know what, how the industry worked, but it did help kill cartoons. And, right. and for me, it was the opposite wow. of what I wanted to see uh, during, on a Saturday morning. But still, I, I can't think. Yeah, I can't think of any other live action anything that lasted this long on Saturday mornings. Like you would have maybe like a Land of the Lost, something short lived like that. But yeah, it was a cartoon or nothing. Plus, there were like a couple of spinoffs mm-hmm. or sequels. There, there and was reunion like movies, college years, or and the new uh, Hawaiian yeah, vacation. Yeah, Hawaii. Yeah, which yeah. I saw. I saw it when I visited Costa Rica. That was just like airing as a show on television. Huh. Like that's. The reach for this is, is that strong? <laughs> like, okay. okay, okay. I didn't know a bunch of little kids in uh, Alawela are relating to the <laughs> relating to these California kids going to Hawaii. But um, you never know. Yeah, actually, that makes me think of a really dumb, random thing. Uh, when I was on my honeymoon uh, in Kauai, in Hawaii, which is just—I mean, god damn, it's fucking paradise. And the place we were staying had a TV and uh, some DVDs and some VHS, and they were all things based in New York. <laughs> and it was just the weirdest thing of like, oh, wow. yeah, I could sit on the beach and watch the Dolphins, or you know what would be fun to watch? Mean Streets. Yes. That's what I want to watch. <laughs> That's what I want to think about, living this beautiful island lifestyle. Yeah, I could have a my, another Mai Tai or just go finish Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Why, don't I, why don't I just go do that? 
<laughs> but that is 1989 TV. Like pretty much everything. That's this is all that truly matters. Yeah. Saved by the Bell. Uh, no games to speak of, but oh man, so many, so very many pieces of music right here waiting. Uh, by Dick Marks is still number one, mm. but you're not going to hear that this episode. Because yeah. there's too many new releases. Death of a Dictionary, the debut of Public Affection, uh, who later changed their name uh, to Live and Through yeah. Copper. Um, Rock Island by Jethro Tull, Conspiracy by King Diamond, the self-titled debut of After Seven, and Enough Z Enough. Great spelling there. Cool. Uh, and Devil's Night Out, the debut of the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones, uh, Cocked yeah. and Loaded they by... They go back that far out. That's I did not crazy. think they went back that you far. You know, that was Maybe. not... The impression that I got. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, cocked and Loaded by L.A. Guns, uh, the final album of Jefferson Airplane and Mother's Milk by the Red Hot Chili Peppers. I just mm-hmm. feel like you have to be really careful with what you name things because mm-hmm. when you have the name of an album, Death of a Dictionary, I just feel like that opens you up too much to like reviewers being like, Oh, they've killed the English language with this one. <laughs> death of a dictionary is an abomination. <laughs> no, it's the death of a dictionary because the same week had enough Zenuff's debut too. It didn't weren't their names Zenuff? Like Chip Zenuff? Like the guys in the the guys in the band all adopted the last name Zenuff. Are you I, serious? I swear to Christ. I've never even heard of this. Me neither. I only read about them in like Howard Stern's book because one of them banged Madonna. <laughs> what? <laughs> he, he said he peed in Madonna or some shit like Ew. that. Yeah. Yeah. I, what? I, you asked or seemed no, curious. No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> in LA Guns, is that the uh, DNA of Guns N' Roses? Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of confusion mm-hmm. there about like... Some members were in LA Guns, some were in this, and then some were in LA, and it's it's very confusing. I tried to sort it out a while ago when we had the LA Guns debut, mm-hmm. and I was like, okay, I can't. Yeah. There's like 20 people involved around here, it's, then they're constantly trading bands. It would be easier so if their music mattered. So whoever was in LA Guns at the time, they put out an album. Yeah. <laughs> uh, good but for Good for them. <laughs> I, I, so begins the... Uh... I don't know, I flow through like raw hatred for Chili Peppers to be like, this is an acceptable, nostalgic thing from my childhood. I agree. Um, I I go back and forth all the time. Why? Why does Red Hot Chili Peppers inspire such distaste in us? I think because I love the music that they're inspired by, but they like eclipsed all that and were instead of hearing like a bunch of funky shit and uh, soul stuff, we just heard Chili Pepper songs over and over and over again. And I'm just a little tired of it. And and they have they have a sound they have a vibe but like I didn't want to know that as much as I did. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did. Yeah, but this uh, early early Chili Peppers I definitely like more, um, including I think we should go out with the, their cover of Higher Ground right. from Mother's Milk because like this yeah. is them doing what I love them doing, it, yeah. just yeah. getting funky as hell. Yeah, and this is this is a neat song. This is I don't know if it's where I discovered it, but I remember it was like the oldest song that the radio would play, the oldest video MTV would play from them. And you can mm-hmm. tell they much they look much younger in this and video. And it's a cover yeah. of a Steve Parliament Steve song. Wonder? No, Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Stevie Wonder. Okay. Yeah, Stevie okay. Wonder. I know this, Which, and the original is awesome too. But this yeah. one, I mean, Flea just goes insane on the bass, and it just makes it for me. I know this because there is a wonderful, wonderful dancing from Center Stage set to this song. Really? Yeah, it's yeah. actually very great. I'm not sure how you do a singular dance to this song, but I'm gonna have yeah. to look that up in the break. Yes, um, let's. Okay, well, we're going to close out with higher ground people, but stay right there because 1999 is right around the corner.
We are in the middle of summer, everyone, and hopefully you're not spending all your time inside catching up with what we're talking about in 302010 and getting out a little bit. But once again, are you breaking out that baseball cap for a day on the beach or the ballpark? Are you wearing something to hide the thinning hair? Hey, you don't have to anymore. Do something about hair loss while you still can. And hey, why not one backed by medicine and science? You can do just that with 4 a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Even better, 302010 listeners can get started for just $5 today at 4 slash 30. 66% of men lose their hair by the age of 35. There is no shame in it. But thanks to science and hymns, baldness can be optional. What hymns does is connects you to real doctors who offer medical-grade solutions. These aren't magic beans, no. They are well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions you've heard of, and it'll help you keep your hair. But the absolute best part are the things you don't need, like insurance or waiting rooms or awkward doctor visits. You can save hours of your life by going to 4 and answering a few quick questions that a doctor will review so they can prescribe you what you need and send it right to your door. It's very easy. No waiting. Save money. Preserve the hair you have. And once again, 302010 listeners can get a trial month of hymns for just 5 bucks today while supplies last. See the website for full details and safety information. And remember, this would cost you hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. So go to 4 slash 30. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash T-H-I-R-T-Y. Once again, that's 4 slash 30. Coming in with As by Mary J. Blige, featuring George Michael off of her album, Mary. And man, you guys, you missed the, <laughs> rec- the thing we didn't Damn hit record it. on. Where Wait, I it was such a good riff. Assume it was George Michael's album, Mary. No, it's not funny anymore. Oh, Let's boy. do it anyways. No. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't stopped us before. <laughs> I can repeat jokes, but I can't repeat stupidity. <laughs> like, Are you uh, sure? Yeah. <laughs> I haven't been doing this for quite a while. It's probably an entire wiki to the contrary. Okay, you guys, you should have been here. It was so funny, okay? Oh, come on. I hate when people say that. I was confused because I was watching the video on George Michael's Vivo yes. account, so I thought it was his album, but why would he name his album Mary and get Mary J. Blige to feature on it? It's the other way around. Yes. And then we tried to think of all the musical Marys we could, and we got stuck on Jesus and Mary Chain, and I tried to throw in Burgess Marydith, and it did <laughs> It, and it made me laugh again. Yes. <laughs> uh, so Stevie Wonder fans, you're welcome. Yeah. That's another cover this week. Another yeah. cover. Bookending the covers. Another awesome cover. Again, where the original's fucking great, and this one's pretty damn good, too. Um, Can't complain. And some new releases music-wise. Roland S. Howard has Teenage Snuff Film out this week. Um, Steal the Sky by Yanni. Rough Harvest by John Mellencamp. Get that cougar out of here. <laughs> he didn't want to be. That's what people he, say to me all the time. <laughs> oh, oh man, he 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 was resenting the cougar during this period. He mm-hmm. called me right. John Mellencamp. Well, yeah, because um, they thought Mellencamp was an sellable name, so they mm-hmm. went. He went by John Cougar, and then he's like, "This is a stupid name." So he he <laughs> transitioned to John Cougar Mellencamp, and then he could finally get rid of the cougar. Is that a stupid? It was name? a process. Uh, yeah. <laughs> speaking of stupid names, Chris, it's awful. I have it too. 
Uh, and that's why one man changed it to Luda. Luda. Ludacris, uh, his debut is out this week, and I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but here it is. Incognito. He wrote it. Blame him. Uh, can't roll up the windows on this one. It's a show. I have to say it. Uh, Juxtaposed by Tricky is also out this week, while Genie in a Bottle by Christina Aguilera is number one. Hmm. Does it bother anybody when I say Aguilera? No. Okay. A little bit. Um, <laughs> as long as you don't say I'm coupon. Doing it intentionally. Coupon. What? Coupon. How do you? What? You don't like coupon? Or like coupon? Coupon. Is that how you say it? That's how I say it. That, like there's three I'm words, three here. letters there that, that don't exist? Oh my God. Coupon. No. C- coupon. Oh, no. It's coupon. horrible. Where Sounds do, like you're coughing. Where do you keep your chickens? In a coop? In a <laughs> It's not spelled the same way. Yes, it is. It's not. No, it's not. Okay. Uh, well, what do you want to do to the president? Form a cue against him? No. <laughs> We're going to have a cue d'etat. <laughs> It'll be adorable. <laughs> Sounds like a great Star Trek episode. Um, <laughs> a little bit of news. Got to start off with a little bit of tragedy. 1999, August 16th to the 12th, uh, after the music releases. An earthquake in northwest Turkey has killed 15,000 people. And I don't know. Yeah, I've seen my share of disasters. I don't know if they had tolls that high uh, since then. Earthquakes are a bitch, man. It seems like it's earthquakes that rake up, they rack up the real big numbers. Except for a tsunami. And it takes like days. But tsunamis are part of earthquakes. And like there's all this other stupid shit wrapped in it, man. They suck. Well, yeah, because with earthquakes, Mm -hmm. it's like there's so much, the infrastructure is what kills people, right? Like people starve to death while buried alive or like die of thirst. Die of Shitty stuff like that. Yeah, like it sucks. Like that's why I forget there's like all these ways to measure uh, the magnitude of an earthquake, and part of it is the damage that it causes, mm-hmm. which you don't you don't usually measure hurricanes like that. It's mm-hmm. a category five or, or yeah, not. Yeah, we've just got like and, wind speed and yeah, because really uh, earthquakes, earthquakes, man. I think yeah, we should probably brace ourselves for something somewhere in the world because uh, it feels like it's been a while since there was a big yeah, one. Diana, yeah. hold on, hold on to something. You're out there no. on the fault oh. line. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we'll be talking about a, a pretty big one coming up in '89. Oh goodness! It was on television. I watched. I was there live. It was. It was crazy. Um, uh, yeah. It was crazy. Uh, but and so some lighter news. There you are. Be a kid again. It's 1999, uh, and on the on the 16th of August, Sony cuts the price of its PlayStation to 99 dollars mm. for some reason. What? How much was it before? But I think it launched at 300 dollars. Okay. Uh, in oh, 1995. Are games still like 60? Yeah, they're about they're about fifty sixty. Hmm. Uh, I mean, wow. like it's it's so different. That is crazy cheap. Yeah. It's insanely cheap because, like, here we stand in twenty nineteen. Uh, most of the consoles came out in twenty thirteen. They are just falling below three hundred dollars, and the PlayStation Oof. isn't failing. It's like in the lead by a lot. Mm-hmm. It just had the first siphon filter last week. Mm-hmm. It's it, it's. Yep. Its days are, are are numbered because there is something on the horizon, but like something is about to int- usher in the next generation in a few days. So it's preparing for that. Uh, let the nines be your be your key. Ooh. Uh, but yes, movies of nineteen ninety nine. Six Sense is still number one at the box office for good reason. It's nice to say something nice about M Night Shyamalan in twenty nineteen. Uh, Six Sense is glorious and wonderful and deserves all the praise that it gets. Mm-hmm. And I loved yeah. Haley Old Joel Osment on The Boys. <laughs> he made me laugh a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, the movies of 1999. Ooh, how did this go? Um, let's say Jean-Claude Van Damme 
Michael Jai White, Heidi Scan, Xander Berkeley, but oh yeah, Goldberg, the film debut of Bill Goldberg, Universal Soldier, The Return. Time of man has ended. Prepare for the ultimate battle. The Unisols are taking over. Between the original Universal Soldier. There used to be one of them. And a new breed of fighting machines. <laughs> hand to hand. Dangerous. Head to head. You're right. The winner controls the future. You know you can't win. Jean-Claude Van Damme. This is not your lucky day. Universal Soldier, The Return. The Return. I'm not an expert in this field, but I was there day one for the original Universal Soldier, which was billed as Jean-Claude Van Damme's Terminator. This is where he gets respect, and mm-hmm. it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. And it got a bunch of sequels, I want to say mostly straight to videos without him and this The Return. It's him mm-hmm. who's returning. <laughs> There were other people in uh, the, the the last three mm-hmm. Universal Soldiers. So they pulled the Fast and the Furious, and the main guy comes back in the the fourth sequel. Weird, uh, but also barely remarkable. Yeah. And wait, did now, you, you ex- say earlier? Except that it's uh, it, it's Jean one of Jean Claude Van Damme's last like wide release theatrical films. Well, it's it's sort of like uh, you know Arnold Schwarzenegger. Everybody knows him. Most people love him, but he can't really top line a movie unless it's the return of one of his older mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Like that's kind of the right. only way he gets to be in big movies. Yeah. His career is going to the trickle down slowly. The budgets are lower. The quality is lower. The, eh. the splits aren't splitty enough. I him over Seagal any day. Yeah, for real. Seagal's, oh my God, Steven Seagal. I mean, they're, they're probably both pieces of shit, but uh, Seagal made worse movies and didn't try as hard. Yes. It, like JCVD was still doing splits like five years ago. Let's see Seagal do that in his overweight kimono. I see what's under there. See him get out of a chair without going. Uh, 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 uh. Okay, so this movie, this next movie, was this shelved for a while? That's all I remember about it. It got shelved for a couple months and it got its title changed because Mm -hmm. um, when two guys go into a school and they kill a teacher, you don't want to come out with a movie called Killing Mrs. Tingle right after. Mm Mm-hmm. And was that because of Columbine? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. So it killing Miss Tingle became teaching Mrs. Tingle, uh, and it starred Marissa Coughlin, uh, Barry Watson, Helen Mirren, and Katie Holmes. Which I think is a better name. What teaching Mrs. Teach Tingle? Teaching Mrs. Tingle it doesn't tell you any. I don't know. This is this is during that like post chasing Amy title convention where they're telling you what's going to happen in the film. Yeah. It's it's almost like SEO. <laughs> what's that movie where they kill Miss Tingle? Killing Miss Tingle. Um, <laughs> yeah, but this like makes more sense. It's a little more fun. And, you know, if you see the trailer, you kind of figure out what the teach what they're going to teach her a, a lesson. Ooh. For 20 years, Mrs. Tingle has terrorized her students. The smartest girl in school caught cheating. I am innocent. Even the innocent burn at the stake. Oh my god. We should give her mouth to mouth. Now, three friends. I'm not gonna do it. Are about to wind up in an impossible situation. So Jerry Springer. Oh. <laughs> what was with the the fucking post production Wilhelm screen they gave Jeffrey Tambor there? That was crazy. Uh, uh, holy shit! A little bit, but you had me at garbage. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and the Dimension logo. That thing says 99 movie. Yes, the The Weinsteins present. Yeah. And And this is uh, written and is the only directorial film of Kevin Williamson, the guy who wrote Scream movies. Oh, okay. Right. Um, And, uh, I mean, it's got its fans because it's it's a 
dark comedy it gets kind of violent and that like they go try to talk to this teacher um and then uh, violence ensues and they kind of have her like abducted for a while and then there's more fighting but um i 100 back helen mirren on this mm-hmm. i'm sorry mrs tingle's right katie holmes is wrong <laughs> oh okay and i will tell you why for like this is the, the dumbest thing look i know we didn't have wikipedia back in 99 but kevin williamson made one massive mistake part of their argument is about is about katie holmes uh writes this paper about the salem witch trials and she says she has a direct quote from someone who was burned mm-hmm. and helen Mirren says no you don't and that's part of the fight no one got burned at the salem witch trials mm-hmm. so katie holmes is wrong now, I don't know if that was intentional, so smart asses like me would know that Katie Holmes is wrong and lying. Ooh. But either way, I will always back Helen Merritt for anything. <laughs> but then was she going to accuse her of cheating? She's like, no, I did. I looked at the thing and the, from the people who got burned. Nobody was burned. Mm. We hanged all the witches, damn it. I did not and know And one that. got crushed to death. I did not know that. Uh... But yeah, that adds definitely a dimension to this movie. Hmm. <laughs> 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 this one's tough to talk about for me because uh, speaking of every film finds an audience. Uh, oh. A woman I was dating for a decade, yeah. who I'm n- have plenty of affection for, still friends, not not mad. Uh, we were dating. Of course, you asked like, uh, "What's your favorite movie?" And um, I'm like, "Oh, I don't even know what's your favorite movie." And she just like flat Mickey Blue Eyes. <laughs> and, and I'm like, "Huh? Okay. I don't watch. Okay. I don't watch a lot of movies. Like, I know. Like, that's that's the only way that's Mickey the Blue one? Eyes." Could be your favorite movie, but it was apparently her and her friends discovered it in high school and thought it was uproarious. Uh, Burt Young. I mean, there's uh, a scene I still think about all the time. Forget about it. I, yes. Forget about it. Get, get the hell out we, of here. <laughs> yep. We, we're going to talk about it. So uh, I couldn't find a good trailer, but I did grab a good scene that you probably talk about. Uh, yeah. Hugh Grant uh, is a, a nervous British guy. No. What? <laughs> I know, real reach. And he wants to marry Jean Triplehorn, but her dad is James Caan from The Godfather playing uh, a mobster. And she thinks that, oh, no, he's going to, like, pull you into his world and you're going to be part of his criminal thing. And he's got to impress the mob bosses. And everyone in the mob is is played by literally the cast of The Sopranos. Fucking everybody. Eight cast members from The Sopranos are in this film. Wow. (laughs) Because it was made before The Sopranos. That's fun. Uh, And The Sopranos will eventually make fun of this movie in the episode (laughs) D-Girl. Yeah, and I mean it's not it's not great, but it is really cute, and it is fun to watch. He, I mean, Hugh Grant could do comedy. That's generally what he does, mm-hmm. and to watch him be threatened by like American archetype gangster guys is pretty fucking cute. Yeah. I have to admit it. Yeah. And the, the scene of James Conn trying to teach him how to talk like a gangster is it's just funny. I'm sorry. Yeah, All right, it's it not is. a great movie, but I really do like this. Hey, forget about. It. Hey, forget about it. <laughs> forget about it. Forget no us. Forget about it. <laughs> and I'll change the T's to D's. Hey, forget about it. Id? Would you sit? change the T's to the D's for not Christ's sake? the said. last one. What? All right, change the T's to the D's, but not the last wait, one. Wait, forget about forget it. About try, try, it. Stop. Try this one here. Um, get the hell out of here. No us. Get the hell out of here. Not he. 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 
keep your mouth shut. Stick, oh, this in, pants. Pants. Stick it in your pants. Maybe you'll look the part. Oh, it's, it's, I mean, it still makes you laugh. Not me. It, <laughs> it, it was, say it's, hell out of here. It's so funny to me. It's maybe Jeez. it's because I'm so fucking Italian. I'm pissed <laughs> off. This Jew over here is playing a goddamn Italian. Whoa, whoa. Jamie, Jimmy Kahn. No, I'm just kidding. That's uh, true. Uh, but it's it's traumatizing in the like uh you know when you're first dating someone and you you you're always a little into everything they're into and sure. like I was watching this movie I'm like this is impossible I cannot fake this I really hate this uh, I, 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 and she can and I'm I'm like oh, no no it's good and she's like you hate it don't you I'm like no no, no. she's like you do and I can't hide it I couldn't yeah I never admitted to it but she but we never watched it again and it was like one of four hmm. movies she owned on DVD the other two were nature documentaries wow um, <laughs> wow, wow wow yeah yeah and uh, and. It is also, I believe, the the end of theatrical direction for Kelly Macon, a graduate of the Kids mm. in the Hall. Hmm. And it's the first movie yeah. I think he made without any of the kids. He made National Lampoon, Senior Trip, Kevin McDonald, Kids in the Hall, Brain Candy, and this. And I couldn't find anything. I looked for it, but I remember reading the reviews that like uh, Hugh Grant wouldn't talk to him on the set. Like they, <laughs> There was some strife on the set. Uh, oh, no. I think some wacky reshoots. Strife that like people would talk about it. This movie was notable in any way, right. but it isn't. So we don't talk about. Oh, that. that's too bad because even like little petty drama about. Yeah, no, this, I, I would love to know. I, I juggled it. Spill. I juggled it and got bored. Um, but <laughs> in, moving into television of 1999, um, oh, the kids are going to stand at attention for this one. And ah, uh, I don't know anything about Rocky, but Rocket Power. Klasky Chupo's fourth Nickelodeon show following Rugrats, Ah Real Monsters, Wild Thornberries. They bring their, Jesus, undeniably ugly art style to yet another yes. Nicktoon. Uh, and I want to say the song was there to... Even the song is like off key and shit, just to like fit the animation. Everything's <laughs> but, so like pebbly and pimply. Yeah, everybody has like oh. unnecessary bumps all over yeah, them. Yeah, it's so bumpy. It, it's 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 one of those things I, I do find synonymous with the '90s now, yes. but it was never a style I loved, except for Duckman, which is like also classically chupo, right. but like intentionally jarring and unnerving to look at. Uh, well, the visual ugliness matches the ugliness inside. Mm-hmm. Oh, yikes! Uh, this yeah, premieres, but oh, this just looks like. Even uglier teenage rugrats. And it just seems cynical. Anytime someone's like, what are all the kids doing? Surfing and skateboarding. No, we're not. No. No, we're not. We're, none of us have seen, almost none of us listening have seen a vert ramp. Yeah. Uh, but that's what the Rocket Power kids or do. The ocean. Or the ocean. Or the ocean. <laughs> or they don't. You tell me, kids. I wasn't watching this. Uh, I was, it was a little too late for me. And I'm the one who's still watching cartoons. Even Sarah probably isn't giving this a shot. No, Watching God, no. VHSs of Hey Dude instead of Rocket Power. <laughs> Uh, but it's so weird. This this would be the cultural milestone of television. Mm-hmm. In uh, shit, and judging by the movies, this is the cultural milestone of the entire decade. Uh, decade for this week on the sixteenth, the debut oh, of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. Oh, <laughs> that's where I put the Save by the Bell intro. Um, <laughs> whoops, the Daisy. Uh, there is no. We don't. We don't have. I wish I, I can do this theme song. That's the song that ticks down. Vital answer? Is that oh, your vital answer? It sounds okay. Because it sounds like the opening of The Shining. It sounds uh, <laughs> like the opening to the Jurassic Park theme. I'm just that good. I just did three songs at once. Um, <laughs> who wants to okay. be a millionaire? This is this became like the highest. I couldn't fucking believe it. This feels oh, like yeah. I it 
both started more like in 96 and also in 2002. It's difficult. It doesn't seem like 99 to know. is the they, place they had, I remember finding out about it because it was advertised on McDonald's bags. Yeah. But it's like you didn't know the show, but everybody knew who Regis Philbin was. So I think that sort of helped. Um, he was he was a big deal in 99. Right. Uh, it's still fun to do. Impre- this made him... This made him huge, though. He was yeah. just sort of like, yeah, whatever, the guy from TV, and he's wacky, and he's up in the morning and stuff. And then, yeah, they just bring over this, you know, ugh, the beginning of every British game show coming over to America. Right. Is this the beginning of, like, primetime game yes. shows coming back? Yes. yes. It, launched, oh, yes. it relaunches that. Because uh, I, I oh, yeah. do believe it started as, like, a series of specials or one-offs mm-hmm. and then became weekly. Because, like, it was sort of confusing. You'd tune in and like the show would start with like the seventh question from last week because mm-hmm. uh, they would draw it out for as long as they could. Oh, it was gosh. so obnoxious. It was interminable. So obnoxious. That's why I still remember the music and I had a green with white letters koozie for my beer that said, is that your final answer? Up until like my last move. I took it with me everywhere. I thought it was so <laughs> dumb. Uh, but who wants to be a millionaire, man? That was that shit was fucking everywhere. Like yeah. I think on the waning days of the Disney MGM Park, there was a Who Wants to Be Millionaire attraction mm-hmm. uh, that you could go into. Fucking bullshit. Uh, but that is twenty I years mean, old. It's huge though. Mm-hmm. It's like one of those things where we have all these like mm-hmm. words and Slumdog Millionaire. Slumdog Millionaire. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <sighs> How many hosts have they had Violet's at this point? A, I don't know. I don't. In I can't name another host. Twenty year Meredith Vieira. Um, she was a host. Is she the host yeah. now? It's, it's oh, still on. It went in yeah. in America. It was a huge primetime thing for only three years, only two thousand two, mm-hmm. and then it became weekday syndicated with Meredith Vieira for wow, like eleven years. Then Cedric the Entertainer oh. and Terry Crews and Chris Harrison. Wow, I thought Terry Crews was in the mix somewhere. Yep, it was only canceled last May. Wow, that's crazy. And the, yeah, the, and I guarantee it will be back again. Oh, yeah. I'm sure. Because the answer, who wants to be a millionaire? Everybody who actually got to be a millionaire, I think, like nobody, like oh no, it was no, too a easy. People to, did did they? Mm-hmm. It was it was not easy to get that million dollars. Like almost no one no. got there. Mm-hmm. And actually, I'm going to look it up. How many people? Uh, two, four, six, eight, ten, twelve. Uh, looks like twelve, thirteen people. Okay. Twelve, thirteen people over almost twenty, 20 years. years. <laughs> wow. That's about yeah, that's about enough. the shot you guys have about being actual millionaires, Republicans. Why don't you back a different horse? Anyway, um, <laughs> anyway, Diane, I saw this show that you would have loved that I'd never heard of um, mm-hmm. on AMC debut this week called The Lot, and I vaguely recall this existing, and I can't tell you what it's about. It should have more information <laughs> on it because it's it's about a movie studio in the '30s struggling uh, oh. to regain its former glory. And Linda Cardellini in the first season plays the young child star and she left the show abruptly to go do another show. We'll talk about, yeah, Sarah shaking her shoulders, Uh, a much better remembered show. Uh, She, and so the season is cut off after four episodes and begins with a completely new story. Hmm. And the second season on AMC, I've never heard of this show, Uh, but the lot, the lot. It's uh, wow. it's got a oh, lot. Oh in... man, mm-hmm. it's got Rue McClanahan and Holland uh-huh. Taylor is like ahead of Hopper Luella Parsons kind of peoples. Yeah, <gasps> I think uh, Jonathan oh, Frakes. Only... Yeah, it's mm-hmm. only seventeen episodes. Mm-hmm. I think I'm gonna have to go find this. I even co- if it's terrible. Yeah, I couldn't really find any, any information about it at all because you'd think that would be pretty notable, mm-hmm. like uh, especially because 
you know, AMC, it's it's sort of like AMC beginning to flex its TV drama, comedy drama muscle, mm-hmm. uh, which we, yeah. yeah. Which it'll take them a while to really get moving because yeah. they're still just showing movies, sometimes with commercials now, sometimes not. I but, think for a lot of, they still didn't, maybe didn't really have commercials yet. I Yeah, kids, kids probably don't know that. Um, AMC stood for American Movie Classics back mm-hmm. in the day, and it was all about yep. movies. So when it made a show, it was also about movies. And now please enjoy your third spinoff of The Walking Dead. Uh, it's a completely different thing now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on the 21st, a movie I remember watching on HBO debut this week starring Halle Berry, uh, introducing Dorothy Dandridge. She was as beautiful as Marilyn Monroe, as alluring as Ava Gardner, and the first black woman to be nominated for an Academy Award for Best Actress. I'm Dorothy Dandridge. She was everything America wanted a movie star to be. I'm going to make her a star. Except white. The public isn't ready for a colored leading lady. She was born to be a star. Ladies and gentlemen, the delicious, the divine, the delightful, Dorothy Dan. I don't remember much about this movie. It is really fucking good. Oh, okay. wow. This is the first point where I realized, oh shit, Halle Berry can act like a mofo. Because hmm. it's, it's a great story anyway. Dorothy Dandridge is a fascinating person in that, yeah, they pretty much explained it to you. It's like, if she were white, she would have been the biggest star in the world. Mm-hmm. But she's black, but she can sing, she can dance, she can act. And she just ha- is constantly running up against segregation. You know, that she could star in a show at a big theater, but she's got to enter through the kitchen. She can't stay in the hotel or she can't she can't go down to the pool. You know, it's probably the most devastating part, which is based on a true story that she like went down to poolside at this hotel. And they're like, you can't go in the pool. And she's like, why? Like, you just can't. And so she like put her feet in. It's like, ha ha, I'm in your pool. I'm in your pool. They freaking drained it and cleaned it. Jesus. Because a black lady touched it. Yeah. Have some faith in chlorine, you racist. Seriously. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, But she is really, 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 really good. It's really well made. And she got married for this, right? I believe so. Mm -hmm. Uh, She deserved it and Mm -hmm. realized, oh, crap. She's not just incredibly gorgeous. She can act. Hmm. But, uh, yep. well, how, and yeah, she looks so good. She should probably keep like the 40s and 50s like hairstyles. Yeah, and makeup. she would look really good. It's a good look for her. Oh, but I also love her really short 90s hair too. Yeah, like, that's pixie true. haircut. That's really cute. I mean, well, pixie maybe okay. she's just the most beautiful woman in the world. She can wear whatever hair she Perhaps. wants. <laughs> I feel like that's Perhaps. probably probably what we're dealing with. Uh, I, I it also like you know we look back on certain things like is the HBO movie still a thing? Because uh, you know I remember at this point I'd stolen hmm. HBO. I was just getting in that zone, like, I don't want to read, but I do want to learn. <laughs> so we have the H- like all these HBO movies about famous things in history. Mm-hmm. Is that still happening? Yes. I mean, Chernobyl was a show, mm-hmm. but uh, that, mm. that sort of meets the bill. But yeah, like, I mean, they just did the f- football coach. What? <laughs> the oh, molesting football. The Paterno. Paterno. Oh. Yeah, they, they still did Paterno. Paterno. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's what Al Pacino is always yeah. doing. Right, right. Right. Okay. I mean, um, it wasn't that long ago that we had the best HBO movie of all time what? behind the candelabra. Oh, yes. yes. It was a long time ago, though. I think it was like 10 years ago. Was it? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Almost 10 years ago. Oh, it was a while ago. Um, anyway, uh, moving on to games of 1999. I wish I could talk more about this, but it was, it was, we talked about it in a video game apocalypse. One of the, like, whatever happened, what the fuck ever happened to this series? Legacy of Kane, Soul Reaver. I didn't know anything about Legacy of Kane, but this was like finally the PlayStation 
and the Dreamcast eventually will have something that can hold aloft to Zelda in terms of a big, expansive puzzle dungeon, huge, huge thing. Uh, but the the series like totally petered out, and I, it makes me wonder what happened to it because everybody was talking about Soul Reaver in 1999 uh, if they were playing games and it was so big I don't think I think I tried to finish it on two systems and couldn't it was like 80 hours long which yeah it's it's crazy and there was like there's like two more games in this year like what happened like everybody loved this game and I have such vague memories of it now but if uh, if you don't uh, hit us up on lasertimepodcast.com because I love I love hearing talking about franchises that just sort of disappeared mm-hmm. and this this would definitely have to be one of them i would i tried to play a commercial here but holy shit this is during the period of the most annoying game commercials of all uh. time and it's just a bunch of people with home video footage like uh broadcasting from their bathtub or putting too much lighter fluid on a grill yeah. and then dying <laughs> and then like he'll harvest your soul when you die and like oh, no. this is a really long joke and like like four seconds of game footage and like the whole thing is like a bad set up to someone dying. I don't know. When when game commercials were all just loud jokes <laughs> and yeah. that didn't have any gameplay in them. Uh, but we'll close out 1999 uh, with a little loot uh, off of Incognito. What's your fantasy? And we get That's back. That's a big one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Probably his most well-known song. Mm-hmm. I'd say so. All right. Well, let's close out with that and we when we get back, people. 2009. Stay right there. I wanna lick, 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 lick you from your head to your toes and I wanna down to the to the flow, and I wanna. You make it so good, I don't wanna leave, but I gotta. Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on Patreon.com/LaserTime. It supports not only this show but all the rest of the Laser Time Network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. Hobbs and Shaw. I always like to keep some spoiler-free area, and there's it's I, it's not like there's much to spoil. Because I, I think my takeaway here, and again, we've we are like what 10, 15 minutes off the movie. Yeah. So I haven't read about it. I don't it just came out. I yet. don't know this and that about it, but I do know that like it is. I love that it's surrounded by. It's one of the last movies surrounded by classic Hollywood drama, mm-hmm. where uh, I believe Vin Diesel and The Rock hate one another. Mm-hmm. This looks like a joke, but like apparently there's animat. But uh, yeah, they they apparently hate one another, and I think it would. Because even Michelle Rodriguez was talking shit on the series last week. Um, on the series, uh, the new like Hobbs and Shaw. She was thing talking that's shit or? about the writer who's written every movie I think since four, mm-hmm. and including Hobbs and Shaw. And he's like, um, he said something about the future of the series. And Michelle Rodriguez was like, this motherfucker doesn't know anything about the future of the series. He's not involved in part nine. Like, what? Like, <laughs> this is the guy who wrote all your other movies. What's this animosity? But because uh, I think these. People are all, uh, they all have, through contract, they're all like producers on the main Fast right. series. And I think the drama was, is that The Rock, if we're being honest, is the only person who can carry a movie yeah. outside of the series. And I think the people sure. who have been there longer resent the new big stars like Jason Statham and The Rock. And then that's why I think they put them in their own movie. Mm. Because, it, do you remember reading about that? There was like, a, mediators had to be called in apparently between Vin Diesel and The Rock. And like... Yeah, about how many punches? Each no, no. Man? This is oh, like cause... this is like on the on the set of the last film. Like oh, they wow. wouldn't talk to one another. And oh, wow. and and one of the films they. <gasps> 
don't oh, have any please, scenes with one another. Please, God, let us get a some kind of monster documentary about I, this. Dude, I, re- <laughs> I, I mean, I it, remember Vin I Diesel, like, that. it was all going through. He's like, can't say anything right now, but I'm going to tell you everything. And, like, no one's ever really talked about I wanna it. I want to be in it's on just this, like, like, marriage counselor but it could situations. Be, it, there's so much wrestling influence in the Fast and the Furious series, I wouldn't be surprised if we're getting worked. <laughs> Get Bonus Time, a weekly uncensored and commercial-free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just $5 on Patreon.com slash LazerTime. It's time for Diana's Classic Corner. We look even further back in time this week to see if there's anything worth a watching. And for the week of August 16th to 22nd, 50 years ago this week, 1969, this has been a busy August in 1969 besides Woodstock, what, last week? August 18th, uh, 69, we saw uh, Woody Allen's directorial debut. However you may, might feel about that, but uh, let's take the money and run, which is hilarious. It's a docudrama. Um, or like a fake documentary, I guess, mockumentary uh, about the world's worst bank robber. Uh, we also have Alice's Restaurant, the film directed by Arthur Penn, not the 20-minute song by Arlo Guthrie, but it does st- star Arlo Guthrie, and it's an interesting look at hippie dil- disillusionment already in 1969, right after we had, like, the best moment of hippies. We have, like, oh, it turns out, like, some hippies are a-holes, too, but they also try to do stuff to get out of Vietnam and it's it's kind of an interesting movie. I was sort of surprised. And then uh, the next day the first Gap store opened. So happy 50th birthday the Gap, I guess. And I'm not I mean I those are all worth watching, but uh my recommendation is actually 40 years ago this week, August 17th, 1979, saw the release of a very controversial movie that was protested and and banned in countries and it is Monty Python's Life of Brian. I love this movie so much. Um, it's a big split, I think, between American Monty Python fans and British Monty Python fans. That American Monty Python fans seem to like Holy Grail better, and the Brits seem to like Life of Brian better. And I think overall, Life of Brian is probably the better movie because it's less. In some ways, it's less silly. In some ways, it's more silly. But it also has the social commentary in it that I come back to all the time. Anytime leftists start arguing, which is anytime there's more than two leftists around, I start talking about the Judean People's Front versus the People's Front of Judea, and then they look at me and I think, that was really smart, but not really. I'm just complaining. Anyway, uh, we get another Monty Python anniversary coming up uh, in a little bit, because this is 10 years after the TV show debuted, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But until then, if you haven't seen Life of Brian, or just haven't seen it in a really long time, it, it's just a good satire and is silly as hell, and I totally recommend it. And that's it for this week. Stay classic. Good, 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 good. I'll be your sunshine. You can be mine. You'll be my wind chime. I got the right. We'll have a good time. Make up your mind. Go with me, girl, you're so fine. Good, good, girl, just let me be there for you anytime. It's so fine. For you, I time the longest line. It's so fine. I got my coat and wine. Coming in with So Fine by Sean Paul off of Imperial Blades. Ooh, out this week with a burp. 
Um, what? I drank a bunch of water in the break. Hi, everyone. Welcome to 2009, August 16th to the 12th. We got a lead off talking about the, the music of the era. Um, Sean Paul, that should give you a hint of 2009, as should the Arctic Monkeys. Uh, Humbug is out this week. Third, well, Third Eye Blind, that could be that could be either decade. True. Uh, Ursa Major, their Ursa Major album I've never heard of is out this week. Uh, Perfect and Perfect by Shiloh is out. Uh, Keep on Loving You by Reba McIntyre. Armistice by uh, Mute Math, The Liberty of Norton Fulgate. Uh, <laughs> Madness's yeah. first album in 10 years. Don't listen to that. Listen to this. Uh, Lust in Space by Guar. I'm uh, About to Come Alive by David Nail. You Can't Take It With You uh, by As Tall As Lions and the Double X's, is that how you say your name? Their self-titled debut? It's just the XX. Yep. The XX? For the yeah. X's. I'm with it. I'm with it. You never know. I'm with it. Oh, Black Eyed Peas. I got a feeling it's still number one. Um, ooh. Did, still. Did I it make, will never end. Didn't I make a joke out of this on some other show that I wanted to liberate uh, Lady Mila Jovovich? Yes. Hell yeah. Mary's Paul W.S. Anderson, uh, the actual worst director in the world. Mm. <laughs> That guy mm. makes utter garbage, for real. He uh, makes garbage, but he has made a couple where it's like, this show's promise. Now I'm even more disappointed in you. <laughs> Which one was that? The one where he cast his wife in Three Musketeers? And we're just <laughs> doing a deep oh my God. slide. Oh my uh, God, Three Musketeers is so fucking stupid. <laughs> it's a great bad movie. Because my God, is so, so stupid. No, I think uh, Soldier, he directed Soldier with Kurt Russell, right? Yes. That's okay. It shows mm. some promise, and then he just starts making crap. Resident mm. Evil movies and Alien vs. Predator, yeah. a bunch of stuff I want to like and can't. Uh, nope. Well, speaking of hopefully some good movies, I don't... Oh, man, there are some two great movies at the end of this. Two of the best of the yeah. fucking mm-hmm. decade. Uh, yep. <laughs> not the... Be- we- <laughs> this yeah, isn't let's run real. through some of these real fast, because they're not as interesting. How come I don't have a cast <laughs> list for X Games the movie? <laughs> I, I wanted to see why. the flying tomato Sean in White's here. In there? Yeah. <laughs> X Games, the movie. God damn. X Games but is one of those shot things. shot in 3D. Ooh, it's like you're really. Oh, who cares? X Games is one of those things. Like, other than the people in the audience, does this have any fans that aren't sponsors? Like, mm. I don't know any. <laughs> I know a ton of people who skate. No one has ever said they wanted to watch the X Games. Right. Uh, okay. Okay. Prove me wrong. Uh, Post Grad, a movie with. A big cast, including Michael Keaton and Carol Burnett, but never heard of it. I saw it. Oh, you did? In theaters mm-hmm. by myself because <laughs> wow. it had Alexis Bledel in it. I'm a big Gilmore Girls fan. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I don't remember a damn thing about this movie <laughs> except for it made me angry. Mm-hmm. I don't know mm-hmm. why. I just, just now looking at it, I looking at it on the list it occurred to me that like yeah i'm pretty sure i left that theater pretty mad at this movie and i truly have no idea why were you going through postgrad at the time <laughs> maybe mm. i don't know yeah this is no, also i only know yeah. alexis bladell from gilmore girls and mm-hmm. this is like also mm-hmm. seeing her in this i was like i don't think she's a good actress <laughs> Mm. I think well, I think she's proven herself on Handmaid's Tale. She's at least yeah. really good at acting very, very, very upset, yes. damaged. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Post grad. This is a, it was odd because like the reviews were terrible except Roger Ebert. He really liked mm. it. Huh. But yeah, it's about Alexis Bledel. She's just graduated from college and she's trying to find a job and living with her parents and it's a fucking pain in the ass and she doesn't know what she's doing and wackiness ensues. What the, I, most people said, like, this is dumb and boring and she's super unlikable as a protagonist. 
And for some reason, Roger Ebert was like, you know, don't be cynical. It's charming. And everyone's like, what? Hmm. What's wrong with Roger? Um, Every now and then he'll just see something someone else doesn't. Um, mm. Well, I mean, that's what we'll talk about later on. I've always found first viewings to be like subjective to the point where I can't trust myself. And then I see a second movie and then I can gauge Sometimes. quality. Uh, well, I yeah, always feel bad for true. film credits because like you do have a mood you're going in there with. Like, right. And who knows? Maybe you're Roger Ebert and have fucking cancer and you're not, you don't feel like watching a fucking movie. It's going to color your experience. Uh-huh. Uh, maybe he just hadn't seen something light like that in a while and yeah, it just maybe. worked for him. Um, I don't know. Critics also really hated the Mark Peace experience. What the fuck? From Jason Schwartzman and Ben Stiller and Anna Kendrick. Why? I want a good movie with these people in Me it. Me too. With at least a better title. Uh, and what the Yeah. Heck? This got savaged, though. I guess Jason Schwartzman is a guy who hasn't succeeded since high school being in the high school musical. And then so he goes back or something. I don't know. No one saw it and everyone hated it. Mm. <laughs> I've never heard and of that sh- because Jason Schwartzman doing high school musicals usually works really well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes. Uh, you know what I'm talking about. She's in love with the dead guy, Jason. Just relax. Um, <laughs> Shorts, The Adventures of Wish of the Wishing Rock is another movie I've never fucking heard of. Yeah, uh, that it's it sounds by Robert Rodriguez. It's, it's, but it's it, not for you. It sounds like a kids movie, yet it stars John Cryer, William Macy, James Spader, uh, Jimmy Bennett, and Kat Dennings. Maybe of kid status at this point. Uh, Shorts. Hey guys, look! It's a wishing rock. You make a wish, and then it comes true. From the director of Spy Kids. I wish one of us was super smart. It is I. You're hearing me with your mind. More adventure. I wish for long arms! Than you could ever wish for. Say hello to my little friend! Shorts. I wish I had telephony zips! Telephony zips, you dummy! Oh, Jesus. Are these his kids? That looks dreadful. (laughs) I think some of his kids are in there, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't want to shit on... I I like my Robert Rodriguez. He can make whatever he wants Mm, in Austin, so good on you. Uh, But does different stuff, but let's just blow up, just just blow past all of these because we have two movies that I know we're going to talk real. about a lot. Mm-hmm. Because uh, one of my favorite movies of the fucking decade, I swear, Bobcat Goldthwait is my most consistent director. Everything he directs is like unique, and I love it. And it's uh, no one else would have made mm. it, and it's always enjoyable. But I think his absolute best movie in, involves being his best friend's one of his best friends' best movies. Uh, yeah, that would be World's Greatest Dad. Just 9.30, we can go to a video store, get a movie. Are you stupid? I hate watching movies. Carl's a complex guy. Put on some music you like, Carl, okay? No, I hate music. You hate music? Yeah. All music? You know, the only thing queer than music are the people who like it. (laughs) After a whole speech about how all music is gay and for Mm F-words. From the worst son of all time, and I remember watching this with my dad, and like, there are little... (laughs) remembrances of me behaving like this <laughs> as, as a young pubescent boy and I apologize profusely. Not as bad as this kid who's also a little sexual deviant. Um, maybe don't fool around yeah. with uh, autoerotic asphyxiation until you find your partner. Do you want to describe the plot or can I do it, Diana? Uh, it's a wonderful... I, well, I just love to say that every every trailer does not really tell you what this movie is. I remember it shows when, you it went to fest- when it went to... Robin Williams is a sad sack and his son is an asshole. When it went to festivals, people reviewing it are like, don't read anything more about this. Just go watch it. And something crazy is going to happen. Mm. But it's better <laughs> It's better if you don't know. 
but I'm going to tell no. you. No, don't <laughs> yeah. tell me. Have you not seen it? I, I, we were sitting down to watch it, and then I was under the weather this weekend, and I just did not get around to well, watching I, it. But I am, I really want to see it. I love it because it, it starts out yeah. just beautifully with it. He has Robin Williams, a English teacher, kind of down on his luck, just uh, can't get, make things happen for himself, and he has he's a single dad to the shittiest kid in the world, just the meanest he dude is ever. The worst. And uh, little lying douchebag he's hateful and awful to everyone and just like oh he's like yeah he's he, he's like every bad teenager including myself but just turned up yeah. to 11 yeah oh. just uh, constantly oh, dad catching him jerking off doesn't give a shit uh he's also gross and piggish and fucking says horrible things in front of his girlfriend and the whole the movie's like okay this is a dark comedy and then like I, I think in, at the end of the first act, like he just walks in and mm-hmm. the kid accidentally hangs himself while jerking off. Mm-hmm. And he has to, it's like this long scene of him taking him down Ugh. and then writing a suicide note and making it look like his kid didn't kill himself while jerking off, but uh, hated the world and wanted them all to know. But he's also the English professor. So it mm-hmm. turns out the whole school really, really, really likes his suicide notes. And then it turns out, oh, you like the notes? I, I found more uh, of his writing. If you'd like mm-hmm. to publish it, maybe. And it's this supremely dark comedy with like wow. with with so dark. somebody doing something very wrong at the center of it but like so many fucking funny people that you see in a lot of Goldthwait movies and I don't know I re- just in terms of Robin Williams acting like he's he's not the funny one in the movie he's just all this funny shit happens around him it's wonderful mm-hmm. and uh oh his performance <laughs> is fantastic cuz it's just it's all you can see that like there's like three layers down. It's not under the surface, but it's under that, under that, under that mm-hmm. is like the desperation and rage. But he is just keeping it together. He's just being a responsible adult. He's just doing his best. Yeah. And it's failing at every turn. It has. And then, then it, this, you know, his son dies. And uh, this ties into a movie we talked about earlier this year. It's like Heather's, mm-hmm. where all of a sudden, oh, he killed himself. That must mean he had deeper feelings and thoughts. And everyone starts talking about how great this kid was. Yes. Mm. Even though he had no they friends, almost by design. He was horrible. <laughs> he is a horrible, horrible kid. And uh, I, I just think it's hysterical. It's one of the, it's one of the more more perfect dark movies that came out in the last ten years. Mm-hmm. We were talking about like the dark comedy thing is more of a TV Netflix kind of thing, but right. like. SeaWorld's greatest it used to be like available on every streaming service mm-hmm. and probably is, still is out there I should probably should probably look that up for things uh, the show in the future yeah. but like I, love I found it movie. on um, Tubi Tubi okay. yeah. Tubi I has have, come to the rescue for me thing. several times yeah. yeah it was it's free with a couple short commercial breaks which mm-hmm. were not that bad um, we do have to say there were two points where I started crying yeah um, well on a, on a recent viewing yeah, I just watched it this week. Okay. Um, because uh, so what happened with Robin Williams? Right, it's a five-year it's anniversary so, as we sit here. So hard to watch him discover the body of someone who's accidentally hanged himself. In his case, he did it on purpose. Fuck you, Louis Body Dementia. Yeah. I, um, thinking about his loved ones finding him was just oh, it killed me. And then. That was disturbing, and so I mean, definitely a trigger warning there. But I started happy crying at the end mm-hmm. because he just—he his just run to freedom at the end of the movie. And yeah. I don't want to spoil how he gets to the run to freedom. Yeah. His run to freedom 
is so joyous and so happy. And I was like, oh, I miss it's, you. It's a great scene that I watch all the time because it has a great song in it. And it bums me out to no end. <laughs> like two people involved in that scene are now dead. Mm. Um, including one of the... Yeah. Yeah, that weren't 10 years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, like I can't recommend this movie enough with the warning that like a lot of jokes about suicide. Mm-hmm. I think... Yeah. I want to say deals with it positively, but I can't say that for certain. So mm-hmm. if you have issues like that, maybe definitely skip it. But like, It kind of does mm-hmm. in a way in that like part of the thing that comes is that it's like sort of a net positive for so many people. Like they mm-hmm. become inspired... And want to like improve their own lives mm-hmm. by this the suicide, and so like it's part of the question. Like the moral center of the movie is like, should he keep lying about his son being this great kid because it's actually helping people, yeah. or is the truth more important? And just yeah, and also just making fun of yeah the way that we sort of think about uh, you know suicide or really just about anyone dying young. All of a sudden, oh, they were everyone's best friend. Right. They enjoyed. Mm. They loved life. They loved to laugh. They had an open heart. They lived every day to the fullest. I was like, no, they didn't. Some yeah. of us are just assholes. <laughs> this kid was the worst. Yep. <laughs> he was the worst. He yeah. had no, no positive qualities, except that maybe he brought Bruce Hornsby to the attention of teenagers. I don't know. <laughs> and no, nah, he didn't actually do that. That was his dad. Never mind. That's right. Oh, that's a good gag. Uh, but yeah, just I, I don't know. Like one of my more favorite comedies ever, World's Greatest Dad. It's it's yeah, totally it worth a watch. Outside really of, good. and I, I watched it after William's death, and kind of like, yeah, I think it, we even did a whole show about it because it like that shit hit me weird and hard, oh, and yeah. like and in the oh, movie, yeah. the movie changed its meaning a little bit. So I've mm-hmm. kind of kept away for the last five years. But I used to watch it like once or twice a year. I thought it was fantastic. I'm a little afraid to yeah. watch it myself again. But I'd recommend you do because don't let it go unwatched. Um, it'll help yeah. us move through like things. I, said, I mean, yeah, maybe it'll, maybe it'll help you cope with it, or I don't know, just yeah, seeing how good he is. Mm-hmm. He yeah. was really good. It's one of his better dr- dramatic-ish roles. Yeah, I no, it, it, really he has a dramatic role in a great comedy, mm-hmm. and like, mm. I hate that Robin Williams doesn't have doesn't have more of both that are great, um, where he's playing where he's acting and because most of those movies i really hate and mm-hmm. his, his comedies of the 80s fantastic later on jesus it gets a little spotty but uh but mm-hmm. this is this is perfect man this is a really good role and uh yeah track it down but the movie i would imagine most people saw this week um <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, in theaters everywhere had till schweiger in it um yeah. julie dreyfus elaine uh, no, BJ, <laughs> BJ Novak, uh, Daniel Brühl, Michael Fassbender, Eli Roth, uh, Diane Kruger, Brad Pitt, Menely Laurent, and uh, the Jesus is it's my introduction to Christoph yep. Waltz. Uh, I don't know yep. about everyone else's number one at the box office, baby, and glorious bastards. Ten hot. I'm putting together a special team. We're gonna be doing one thing and one thing only: killing Nazis. I'm gonna assume you know who we are. Everybody in the German army's heard of you. Probably heard we ain't in the prisoner taking business. We in the killing Nazi business. And cousin, <laughs> business is out booming. <laughs> hey Donnie! Guys German here wants to die for country. Oblige him! <laughs> this movie fucking rules, dude. It's so good. <sighs> oh. 
and, uh, and that's this this is fun. I wish I loved this movie more than I do because I feel like it's made for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I really, really, really like it, but I just can't quite love it. But you guys talk about it first. Well, I I, I was saying uh having just come off of a viewing of Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, a movie mm-hmm. I have mm-hmm. issues in, but like, you know, we were talking I think Sarah and I were talking about critics, so like it, some of that is wrapped up in my own expectations. Mm-hmm about mm-hmm. what I thought the movie was going to be, blah, 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 blah. And uh, when I went to go see Inglorious Bastards, I thought I was seeing a movie about Brad Pitt and a bunch of Nazi hunters, and there was nothing exactly. in the trailer about a movie theater. But I, but on second viewing, I'm like, no, this is beautiful. This is yeah. this is Quentin Tarantino literally killing Hitler with the power of movies. Right. And, <laughs> and, and like, it's, it's a total fucking fairy tale fantasy that he would then kind of follow that path into... Uh, yeah. Not a trilogy, but maybe a tetralogy. It became what he did from here on out. Uh, and it's set by Inglorious Bastards. The first time I saw it, I was really harsh on it, didn't love it, which is kind of how I am with Once Upon a Time mm-hmm. in Hollywood. So mm-hmm. I cannot wait to see it again, knowing what is revealed and where the, the story is going, because that's one of the beauty beauty of watching Tarantino movies. And I will say foreign movies is that they they take different turns and flashbacks that occur too long. And uh, it mm-hmm. it's... It, it, it's it's a different it's a different pace of film right. and we and it's surprising mm. we don't get more people trying to be Tarantino even though that pissed me off so much in the late in the mid 90s uh, yeah. there's no one yeah. else doing it I wish so with this movie mm-hmm. in particular I I was thinking back on because I had only seen it in the theaters mm-hmm. and then I had not revisited mm-hmm. it for the past 10 years until mm-hmm. this weekend where I could only get it up for one movie and this is the one I got it up for <laughs> but um, <laughs> but I was so happy to watch it I loved it this second time around but the first time around I really didn't just like you were saying yeah. for me I think it's I wish every time I see a Tarantino movie for the first time mm-hmm. it could be my second time already mm. because mm. I find his movies very tense and um, anxiety producing for me because you just don't know Mm -hmm. when someone's going to get fucking slaughtered the recent one like it's 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 all tension exactly (laughs) and so now after I had seen this even 10 years ago I still remembering the beats of it um, I was able to enjoy it a lot more this time around and Mm -hmm. just be able to like sit down sit back and watch it and 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 just kind of enjoy the story itself and the dialogue and and, and, like all Tarantino movies you fall in love with little pieces of it that wouldn't that would be Mm. mercilessly like ripped out of any other like regular movie Mm -hmm. Uh, and you just like oh shit this is the Mike Myers scene it has almost no purpose (laughs) Right, film, but right. I love it. Yeah. Uh, I, I cannot wait to see Mike Myers in uh, *Inglorious Bastards* and uh, yeah. all this. this- I, just, I, I feel like I don't know. So, I'll, it's it's the same with *Hateful Eight, and it's the same with *Once Upon a Time in Hollywood*, where it's like it is so self-indulgent. Like mm-hmm. this scene is here because he really liked this one idea in the dialogue, and mm-hmm. so he is just dragging it out. Mm-hmm. And so. It bugs me, but at the same time, I'm enjoying spending time in the universe with these characters and everything. That it's like, I'm I'm so forgiving of that, even when it's just like we don't we don't need this much, dude. Yeah, we I, really I, need yeah. this much. Like we cut this down into the world's most awesome 90 minute movie. It would just be <laughs> fucking crazy. And Instead, taking time to do a thing that I think is cool. Mm-hmm. But I that's think all. I think that's what that's what bugged me initially because obviously I wanted an all bastard all the time movie, mm-hmm. and you have like yeah. w- essentially one sequence with them, some flashbacks, and then they all die. Well, <laughs> and, then, and, then, 
I mean, if you had an all bastards movie, mm-hmm. it would just be any action movie, right? It would. So, it, so it's yeah. it's up. No, so now I found like I love the story of this woman's theater, like yeah. that that it ties in so well to the beginning of the movie, which mm-hmm. I, I don't wasn't clear to me in the beginning that she was the escaped Christoph Waltz, uh, um, oh. and and like yeah. that's the same person, right? And and seeing. And I, I remember being so like I love being enraged by Christoph Waltz at the end. So let's negotiate. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and like, he is, like I mean, God, what a fucking he, asshole! <laughs> he, he was. He his was a performance believer. is so bizarre. <laughs> going back thrilling. to watch it again and again because he's the opening scene is just a great short film in itself. It's yes. just a fucking masterclass of tension. Mm-hmm. And he's very calm and controlled and reasonable about why I'm going to kill all the Jews. And then he gets weirder and weirder as the movie goes <laughs> until the end of the movie. He's just bonkers. Yeah. yeah. I will now see I, I will now sell everyone out for my own freedom. <laughs> and like and like <laughs> I was like, oh what a fucking asshole. And then it just ends in that last beat. And I'm yeah. like, this is wonderful. Yeah. This is wonderful. Yeah. And you get to see Hitler's face fall apart like in Bionic ah, Commando. Right. It looks like and- he was shooting into a like <laughs> deli ham. <laughs> <laughs> it's wonderfully gross and like the only person you want to see die like that yeah it's 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 oh. fantastic see but that, that's my thing is i don't understand why isn't this my favorite movie because me it feels neither meant for me right. it's it it boils down to it being about a jewish girl who kills the entire nazi high command with her knowledge of vintage films yes it's a movie that has to flash back to a hitchcock movie to make sense of its own bomb <laughs> <laughs> so you know what nitrate film is and yes. how it will kill you yeah uh, I, I, I honestly, I'm a little shocked to see that this doesn't work for you better, to, to be totally honest. I know yeah, you love your like, Tarantino like said, really, and you hate your Nazis. I really, really like it. Like, like four and a half star, like, like, oh, it's so close to being perfect for me. And I just don't know what it is. It's just maybe it's because it's like the two movies shoved together. But then that yeah. becomes part of the fun tension at the end where it's like they both groups have the same goal and they're counteracting each other in a way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like they're they're fucking up each other's plan because they don't know there's another plan going on. Yeah. I don't I, mm. I don't know. I I love it. It's probably I think it might be the Tarantino movie I've rewatched the most mm-hmm. in my life. Weirdly. It's definitely fun to rewatch. And I think that only has to do with that it was the first one on Blu-ray. So I didn't and, and yeah. I, I yeah. redeemed digitally. Uh, but I I think this is great. If you have not seen this, I don't know what is wrong with you. Mm-hmm. This movie is yeah. solid, fantastic. We have spoiled the things that I think it made a lot of naive film fans initially upset. I'm calling myself naive in that. Just, uh, but right. it, well, you it, thought you were getting the Dirty Dozen. I right? did. I did. I thought I was yeah. getting a big, long Nazi heist movie, mm-hmm. and uh, that's not what this is. Mm-hmm. And well, watch it in a double feature with Valkyrie. <laughs> and hey, there you go. Not bad. All right, All right. Maybe not a bad idea. Thirty Twenty Ten Film Awards Best Nazi Movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Best uh, Nazi hunting. Killing movie. Nazis. Nazis. Um, and Brad Pitt's... So it is really fun to say Nazis like that. Totally. And Brad Pitt's impossible southern accent. hamming it up. <laughs> yeah. Hamming it up. I, it's a little Got much. Got a man who wants to die for country. Oblige him. It is a little much for me. I'm not going to lie. I'm like, okay, calm down a little bit. Let's bring it down Oh, but then the comedy notch. of him trying to speak Italian. Mm-hmm. Is, that's the funniest yeah, Brad Pitt maybe that's pretty good ever too. been. Uh, no, it's Giorno. Oh my gosh, that is a fun double feature with Mickey Blue Eyes. <laughs> uh, I love that line. Like he's got a 
bear Jew over there's got a bat and he's gonna beat your ass to death with it. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, it's such a fun film, man. Um, absolutely check out Inglorious Bastards. It's always worth a rewatch, in my opinion. And I always forget Michael yep. Fassbender is in it because um, it's it's a, it's a brief appearance, yeah, but a, a fucking great role. Like, well, um, and like you said, with the first mm-hmm. um, scene is like a very tense short film. And I would say there's another very tense short film mm-hmm. in it with the whole mm-hmm. the restaurant. basement restaurant. Yeah. I think I like that one yeah. a little bit better yeah. than the first one. The first one, I can't. I hate it. I, I just really don't like that first opening scene because the of how tense it is. Yeah. Mm. Because of how mm. tense it is. And it's too much. It's just a little too overwhelming I for say me. I, I can't get past the awfulness. Like, I have exhausted the extent of my German or my, <laughs> my French and you are clearly tired of speaking German. What if we all spoke English for the benefit of the Weinsteins? I mean the audience yeah. in the background. Well, I think. <laughs> oh, but there's an, there's an in-plot reason for him to do that. I know. I know. I just think it's. it's... But you think they're just doing it because, oh, you don't want to read subtitles. Yes. Yeah. Oh, fuck. He is that diabolical. Mm -hmm. I feel like part of that, too, though, the reason why I hate that is that, to me, there are a few things scarier Mm -hmm. than friendly monsters. Ooh. That's like, that's why I love his character so right. much. Because yep. is he, you the honestly, scariest thing to me. Just to have someone smiling and murdering you. Watching the, the movie again uh, before Once Upon a Time, like, does he believe this shit? Yeah. And I don't, I can't say honestly that he does. Right. But he's fucking, yeah. he's a psychopath. He's doing a job yeah. that he's very good at. To a high degree. Enjoys, with a shitload of manipulation. because he believes, believes. In it, necessarily. Yeah. He, mm. It's irrelevant the, to him. Yeah. Yeah. That, which makes him the worst. Ooh. It's it's But like an unbelievable performance. Like Tarantino tends to do that with people. Like get great performances out of people we've never seen before. Get great performances out of people we've never seen. Give great performances. Mm-hmm. And like Christoph yeah. Waltz is kind of a leading dude ever since from just... I don't know how Tarantino found his ass. I should have looked into that because, like, what well, a find. because yeah, he was, I mean, he'd been working in Germany, a lot mm-hmm. of German TV, but, like, specifically, oh, we need someone who can speak German, French, English, and a little Italian. <laughs> All right. Okay. Okay. Ugh. And it's also a really good actor. Okay. Uh, you need him left-handed, too? What the fuck else? Jesus Christ. And, oh, yeah, turns out, no, there's... I, we found someone who fit that bill. Yeah, who's also, and, and maybe, correct me if I'm wrong, Diana, classically good-looking in like an old movie star way, I yes. think Christoph Waltz is. Yeah, I think uh, so. I, mm-hmm. I, just, I just like seeing that dude and everything he pops up in. Uh, yep. Well, I feel like I should dig into his German stuff because <laughs> it's always interesting to see people like, here he is working in his like second, third, and fourth languages. <laughs> Could I just see a full performance just in his first language and see how it goes? Well, I gotta say, I doubt any of it's coming up on 302010 again, so you can't pretend it's work. Uh, I don't think Christoph Waltz goes back to the German film industry after this. It's all Hollywood, baby, um, including a great appearance in The Muppets where they do a waltz with Christopher Waltz. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, moving on to television 2009, uh, August 16th to the 22nd, uh, a show I never knew existed, uh, Glenn Martin DDS, Nick It's Nice's fourth original series, which I... It's fourth after like 20 years. Wow. It's, it's done very few because... People seem to be pretty clear with what they want in Nick at Night. Yeah. Give me my old shit. I don't care about your new shit. And it's about a dentist? I don't know. <laughs> I just saw like co-created by Michael Eisner. Man, that guy has a lot of irons in the fire. Yeah. Even when he's fired from Disney. Uh, that was that came out this week. lasted two short seasons. And it's claymation. I've never stopped motion. Oh. I've never. I've, Weird. I, I can't believe I've never heard of this. Okay. Uh, and uh, on the 18th, we have Shaq versus, um, which. What's this yeah. show about? 
<laughs> well, it's actually, uh, uh, I actually felt compelled to maybe watch a little bit of it because Shaq is a dude who doesn't mind hamming it up. I, we all love Shaq. Maybe we can find out how big his dick is. Of course. Um, it, <laughs> but Shaq versus, is, is, it's about him challenging other top athletes to an athletic contest in their field. So okay. he swims against Michael Phelps. Mm. He boxes Oscar De La Hoya. Uh, somebody oh. named Ben Roethlisberger is in there. He shows his dick to people that don't want to see his dick. Because <laughs> yes, that's what Ben Roethlisberger does. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, and he does magic with Penn and Teller. <laughs> Tries oh, okay. to out-magic Penn and Teller. Wow. Uh, but uh, yeah, two, two short seasons of that. And I think you guys mentioned it this week, but it was official last week, but it was official this week that VH1 canceled those two reality shows. Right. That was mentioned last week, right? Uh, maybe mm-hmm. two weeks ago. Two weeks yeah, ago. we talked about it. Yeah, like Megan wants a millionaire, right? And I love money. After Ryan murdered somebody. Yeah. Yeah, murder of his ex-wife. Um, so Ryan Jenkins is the the guy in question. He was a contestant. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, but he was mm-hmm. a contestant on Megan Wants a Millionaire, which was a dating show on VH1. After that was done filming, but before it aired, he also filmed a like game show where you could win money called mm-hmm. I Want Money or I Love Money. Mm-hmm. Um, before mm-hmm. that aired, then it he had found out, found out he murdered his wife, <sighs> um, and he actually <sighs> won I Love Money. So oh it's never <laughs> been aired. Yeah, but. Uh, can't imagine we're missing out on. It's much. pretty bad too. Like they found his wife, who was like a swimsuit model, like in a suitcase in a hotel room is very gruesome okay yeah so yay this is well he needed that money for his defense this is well he didn't spend it on his defense because he killed himself yeah yeah Uh, um but sorry i shouldn't say good but uh, I think good. that's okay. Well, this is the it second is week that I brought down a there are fun segment. Such thing, just to remind everybody out there, there are such things as good murders, such as killing Nazis, like in Inglorious mm. Bastards, or Wolfenstein, which is back this week from Activision, hey. with its second of like three or four reboots. The current one, which has been going from with Bethesda for a while, but this was a Raven's uh, version, a good overlooked game it's just called wolfenstein plain old wolfenstein and jesus mm. remember when we all had the same stance on killing nazis that they were making movies and games out of them mm. now it's controversial oh. Uh, <laughs> oh it's just a bunch of it's pressure from sjw's to make the nazis <laughs> bad guys what about the victims of socialism chris <laughs> i don't know make has tarantino make a movie about them maybe it doesn't affect us that much uh-huh. uh yeah. hey it, you know you know what victims of socialism i care about mm. the 70 hour work week Mm. So suck a dick. Yeah. Damn. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe you learned about it in a public school, you Woo. idiot. Yeah. But Nazis. <laughs> Nazis. Uh, Wolfenstein is out. As is, I, I, I should, if I didn't say this before when we talked about Braid last week, this is, I think Microsoft deserves a ton of credit, at least from me and, and my friend's perspective of introducing us to digital games on consoles. People to this day are still holdouts. They want their physical games. And there's plenty of reason for that because they, don't go away, even though discs break and scratch. Every 20 years they disintegrate, they'll be gone too. Uh, but no. but Microsoft made us big promotion of Summer of Arcade. And one of the best games I had played was uh, Chairs Shadow Complex. And I remember going to a preview event and the guy's like, uh, my favorite game is Super Metroid. And I just decided to make that because Nintendo hasn't made another Super Metroid. <laughs> and, uh, and that's what Shadow Complex nice. is. It's before we... We're throwing around the term Metroidvania every other sentence. That's what it is. It's a 
kind of maze-like map where you retrace your steps. When you get new abilities, you can access different areas you had mm -hmm. either seen and thought were impossible to pass before. Like, oh, yeah, I can get over that water now. I can jump way higher than I could before. Uh, has a regrettable author behind its story, I believe, but Shadow Complex is one of the better um, games that came out there. One of the better Metroidvanias, I would say, in my opinion. I don't know. Like, hmm. I, I, I could go back on that because it does have this whole, like, fucking espionage story the Ori in the Blind Forest is a great Metroidvania with none of that none of that baggage just uh, pretty stuff uh, but mm. Shadow Complex is a game that for people like me we won't forget because we wanted people like me wanted another Super Metroid 2 and to, that games can just realizing they can do that I haven't seen this in a while I will make something like that and no one can sue me uh, I like it when people <laughs> do that and uh, it also, yeah, helped a lot of people realize their Xbox and Playstations could download smaller games for less money. And it changed, what? as we Sarah was just mentioning, $60 games. We're all getting a little tired of that. What about a $20 game? Yeah. What about it? It's harder to put a $20 game on store shelves. It kind of has to be at that $60 point. Hmm. Um, but it's not hard to do that when you download. Um, because it doesn't have shipping and physical material yeah. and all that other horse shit yeah. that uh, mm. soaks up all that makes Plastic. you end up having to pay more. Into a landfill forever. Mm -hmm. Yes, gotcha. and uh, that about concludes the show, um, ladies and gentlemen. You can find out more at lasertimepodcast.com. Uh, and once again, we are supported by Patreon.com/lasertime. Thank you very much to all of our patrons uh, this month. We cannot thank you enough for letting us go on one more month. Uh, with an entire Laser Time network, which Laser Time, I believe, this week is about songs stolen on the by video games. Oh, um, yeah. Mm. Uh, I'll say mostly Japan was sort of like the Wild West in terms of using inspiration very uh, blatantly, mm. and we uh, explore what songs were maybe taken and and which ones could be just Inspired victims of by... parallel thought, yes, maybe. Because yes. there's there's a couple of them like, well, that's just a famous riff. And that riff isn't everything, like before and afterwards. Mm -hmm. So either everybody stole it from Journey or they didn't. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, Video Game Apocalypse this week is all Video Game focused. So uh, make sure to check that out. I'm sure we'll be talking about some new releases. Hopefully not another week about Metal Wolf Chaos, the greatest bad game of all time. It's wonderful. <laughs> we have our Plan 9, and it's been remastered, and I love it. And, That's um, a great title, and all of those words could be in any order, mm. and it would be just as good. And bonus time is our weekly show just exclusively for patrons at the $5 level, patreon.com slash laser time, a price of a burger and fries. You can get exclusive podcasts, over 100 movie commentaries, with hopefully more to come. And uh, Sarah and I are talking about Crawl mm -hmm. and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Hobbs and, Hobbs Shaw, and Shaw and The Lion King. Like, Love if you want to hear us talk King. about new movies, that's all happening over there. You can also hear the sound of my mother falling down. Uh, that's in no. the, one of the semi-recent episodes. What? It happened. It did happen. And she's fine now, she except is... for the breakage. Yeah, she's okay. She's <laughs> getting stronger right. every day. I don't know about that. Okay. It's, it's not really yeah. what people her age do. Uh, well, get stronger they, every they day. Bounce back. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they roll back. Uh, anyway, Diana, where, the, where can the people find you? Uh, they can find me on Twitter at listenanerd, L E C I N E N E R D, or uh, follow the show at 302010 podcast, 302010 podcast, because, ooh, September's going to be a little quieter, but October, oh, we got a couple big ones to talk about. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. oh yeah. I'm going to start teasing more stuff, and it's fun. Oh boy! And uh, as for deaths, I'm a little shocked by this. Everybody? No, nobody. Yeah, everybody sorry. died. Uh, in <laughs> I guess 
has been a, a simulation. The, the Matrix did. is actually a documentary. But five years later, Robert Downey Jr. snapped us back, and we're here yeah. to stay. That was nice of him. That was really nice of him. I can say that now. It's uh, out on DVD. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I couldn't find any famous deaths, but that's okay because we have a maybe our biggest birthday quiz ever. What? what? Well, I guess we have no further choice. Bubba birthday! Oh, birthday is a doodly. So, how could it be a big birthday quiz? Well, we've got two pretty big stars that have the same birth date, same birth year, and they are turning 50. 50 years old. They like to bend Molly Shannon. and stretch. <laughs> Molly Shannon, no. <laughs> Uh, dog barking. Um, Steve Buscemi. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. Yeah, I have. I, I can tell that the mailman is here. I feel like because it's a, not just Steve barking; the neighbors barking. It's too. a dog riot <laughs> is happening. Your dogs are hack. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's just it's cliche. They just hate. They hate the mailman. You got to bark at him. Mailman, it's the only thing that stops him from murdering us all every fucking day. <laughs> He's the thing standing between me and horrible murder. You should be more thankful if you ask me. I mean, my dog is the only thing standing between me and the blinds murdering me because she hates it when I open and close the blinds. <laughs> so. She knows there's a, a bandit outside. I, I yeah. don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Bandit. All right. <laughs> so, are, are we ready for part one of birthday quiz? Yes. I'm going to quiz you on both 50. Of them. I thought about just slamming them all together, mm-hmm. but that would just be so confusing. So okay. we're going to do one at a time. Born August 18th, 1969, so happy 50th birthday to this guy born in Boston, graduated from Yale, and went to work for his grandfather's company in Japan. It is not Michael Keaton, Mr. Mom. No. Okay. <laughs> uh, he's actually still on the board of that company, which develops affordable housing, so good guy. Oh. Nice, dude. No lesser than Edward Albee, the playwright behind uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, caught him in an off-Broadway play and found him a role. Uh, he's been nominated for Oscars three times. Uh, we've talked about a bunch of his movies. So okay. let's start with Everyone Says I Love You. So not Woody Rounders. Uh, John Malkovich. John People versus Larry Flint. Edward Norton. Edward Norton. Edward Norton. In your face there. John Favreau. I was Favreau. thinking of <laughs> the other one. Uh, Matt Damon? No, I was thinking of the other movie <laughs> about where everyone says baby. Swingers. Swingers. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, I get yep. those confused. Also, we talked about Primal Fear, Incredible Hulk, and American History X. Right. Okay, now, this next guy, he's going to seem older than Edward Norton, but again, they have the exact same birth date. Wow. Hmm. So, he feels older because he's been acting since a kid. So, born August 18th, 1969, happy 50th birthday. This guy Mm -hmm. was born in New York City, son of a casting executive. That's handy. (laughs) Christian Bale. Uh, Uh, No. Jesus Christ. No. no. Oh. Uh, he made his debut at age eight on One Life to Live. <sighs> like Edward Norton, he has won one Golden Globe. Uh, unlike him, he's been arrested four times that I could find. Okay. Tom Sizemore. <laughs> no. Uh, he was arrested for drunk driving, having a gun in his luggage, assaulting a cop while on heroin, cocaine, and alcohol. B- Robert <sighs> Downey Jr. No. He's over 50. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, I feel bad talking about his problems because he now says work is my hobby and staying sober is my job and i think Aww. that's really admirable mm. queefer sutherland no no it, and it's definitely not philip seymour hoffman who who, who do i who know who has done sober? heroin 
Well, more, Lots more of the people heroin. are sober yeah, now. Yeah, but most people haven't gone the heroin route. <laughs> I'm just trying to uh, think right. of all the Mark Marin interviews I've heard over the past couple <laughs> of years. <laughs> I don't know if he's done Marin. He would be great on Marin. Mm. Uh, you want to hear some of his movies that yes. we've talked about? Yes. yes. The Name of the Rose. Uh, Tucker, A Man in His Dream. Very uh, Bad Things. Christian Slater? You, it is it? Christian Slater. I thought, that's what I thought it was. I haven't casting gotten agent. one in so long. I thought he would. I thought he, he, he. I'm just no, but I don't think he's older than Edward Norton. He still seems younger. No, but, he seems older to me. Yeah. yeah. Uh, just uh, when I saw, it, I was like, I broke I my streak. Like, yeah. Also, Hard Rain and Heather's we've talked about. So yeah, Edward Norton and Christian Sla- Slater turning fifty. Congratulations, wow. guys. Wow. All right. Oh, well, that about wraps up the show. Got to say, it's executive produced by fine people like J.R. Rawls. Keep those comments coming, buddy. Maybe we'll do another comment show again. I don't really know how to go about that, other than restructuring the whole Patreon, because we have not unlocked that level. But once we do, we we will definitely give you an extra show. We want to find other ways to give you guys extra stuff, especially when you... Occasionally, it's it's really good to go through the comments to get a better perspective on certain things we glossed mm-hmm. over a little too quickly or brushed mm-hmm. aside too, too cynically. Um, yeah. uh, Lord knows we do that about music. Yeah, yeah. We blow through music pretty fast, and I wish I knew more to say more. Not my strong suit. But uh, it's kind of hard except to say, like, oh, I really like this. It's really good. Yeah, I've written about a lot of things in my life, and I, I still don't know how people write about music, mm-hmm. even though I mm-hmm. consider myself a mild music fan. Yeah. Uh, but I, yeah, Same here. I don't have the words. Uh, but Besides, it, that sounds good. Yeah. That yeah. doesn't sound good to me. It was good. There was lots of cool stuff going on. Yes. Mm-hmm. The, the sounds made me feel the, good. The drums never broke that, <laughs> at any point, so that's nice. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. Be sure to check out our other shows, Later Time, Video Game Apocalypse, and Bonus Time on Patreon.com slash Laser Time. Uh, and we are going to close out with... Uh, oh, yes. Yeah. This is a wonderful song. Um, the, <laughs> the song from the movie Cat People? <laughs> is it just called Cat it's, People? It's just called Cat People. It's not, putting out fire. Okay. Uh, with gasoline by uh, David Bowie from Inglorious Bastards in a gr- from a great sequence. Yet another great sequence in that movie. Thank you guys for listening. Tune in next week. We'll see you then. Bye. And I've been putting out fire With gasoline